It's me, the sun-soaked tropical hotel looking for a companion who enjoys short walks to sandy beaches and exotic bird sightings. My only weakness? You'll never want to leave me. Download the hotel's app to find me, your perfect somewhere. This episode is brought to you by the first-ever Toyota Corolla Cross. Sometimes everything just clicks. Like when your favorite song comes on at just the right time. When there's two tickets left for the show. When everyone in the crew can agree on what album to listen to. When everything just feels right. That's the feeling of the first-ever Toyota Corolla Cross. Available with all-wheel drive, Qi wireless charging, and advanced JBL sound system. It's everything you need. Nothing more, nothing less. Learn more at toyota.com. Welcome to today's show. Today we are going to talk about some college basketball. Zach and I went fishing. Uh, there's a update in the oyster corner. Gabe's got a cool story about moss. I think <laughs> Zach's bringing some kind of creature. Yep, some kind of creature. And I have a raccoon problem that I'm going to tell you guys about. <laughs> oh, <snap. laughs> I didn't even know that. Yeah. Was part no, of the that was a surprise. Well, I was talking <laughs> for 30 minutes, and I was like, "Oh, should we even be outside right <laughs> now? Raccoon <laughs> issue we got to learn about." <laughs> oh, like, this is great. Eating raccoons. And then today's interview is going to be with Jeff Preddy. He's the fly hair company. He turns uh, leftover materials from taxidermy into fly tying materials, and we actually sell them on our website. You can get bison fur. You can get all kinds of cool, crazy African right. animal hairs, sheep hairs, That's right. whatever. I got some pubes in there. <laughs> <laughs> Special batch. <laughs> <laughs> Buy some, get some free. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we look forward to that interview after we do our – what do we need like – we need like a name. Like, what do we call our pre-show? Other than like pre-show, like, other than like the pre-interview, it's kind of like I don't know. What do we call this whole section? The um, I mean, it's just it's just an intro. We're just getting going. The honey you know? dip. The uh, some another podcast uses this kind of time for a banter. They call it the banter. But then I feel like I'm ripping off another podcast. Oh. They all do that though. They all do that. Shoot Is the that, breeze. Shooting the breeze. Yeah. Yeah, all this now, now. See, now we're gonna need a sound bite for that too. Shoot the breeze. Let's just pew get pew. a. <laughs> you know, like then like a wind sound. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and basically, shooting the breeze is gonna be everything that we do before the interview begins. Oh, I forgot to mention about today's uh, sponsor. <laughs> who's a sponsor this week, Landon? <laughs> Who do you think the sponsor is? I don't, did we get a new sponsor? Or no, is this, is this no you would know if we got a sponsor. <laughs> Honey hole English. <laughs> man, those guys are loaded. <laughs> oh man. Three weeks in a row. They're we have a lot. Happen. Uh, yeah, honey hole angling. Those guys have a lot of advertising revenue if they can keep sponsoring man. our show. Yeah, not only do they have a lot of advertising revenue, they have a lot of great products <laughs> that, on their website. That's right. <laughs> oh man. What's your favorite product we sell, Zach? Ooh, I like gotta say the gray uh leather patch hat. 
Ooh, solid choice. Yeah, I think it's a classic look. You can bend the bill a little bit because, you know, I'm not quite a flat biller. I like the flat bill. Yeah, you keep yours a little more flat, but on all my baseball caps and everything, I, I bend the bill a little bit, kind of, you know, gives it's it a, a little nice shape. Color. It's a nice color. It's a nice professional color. That's right. You know, your well, business Well, plus you're meetings. starting to get that dad look, so exactly. if you bend the bill, you know. You get a dad look a little bit. Yeah. I like it. It'll yeah. Be, you know. Yeah. New balances. That's right. Hey, Ooh. Gabe, what's your favorite product that Honey Hole Angling sells? <laughs> Those whiskey glasses are nice. Ooh, those are sold out, sold though. Out. We don't got no more. Limited edition runs of those glasses. That's right. <laughs> you guys missed out. Exactly. Should have bought three. Like that's how right. Supreme does limited runs. That's what we're. You know what? We got a limited <laughs> run of hats. So that's right now. <laughs> the gray hats. <laughs> My favorite thing is the fact that you can pre-order Steve's new book coming out, Casting Onward, Ooh. and he will personalize it to your name if you pre-order it on our website before we get them in. And so, uh, actually, we got a pre-order today. And so if you guys want a copy of Steve's book, he'll be on the podcast soon, but you better get your name in that pre-order hat. He will personalize the signature just for you and write you a little note. So go on our website and pre-order that. All right. Thanks, Honey Hole Angling, for sponsoring our show. Let's get into my raccoon problem. Please. I want to hear it. Like, I'm super excited to know what the problem would be. Okay. Trash pandas, here we go. That's right. So uh, we have the ring camera, right? Okay. You guys can see. You guys can. Oh, there it is. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, my wife has been getting into like birding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and we set up bird feeders every year. But this year, I was like, you know what? She's getting into birding. I'm going to set the bird feeders up. It's going to be a cool deal. I loaded those bird feeders two days ago. Look at the level that they're currently at. Well, but pretty much empty. But a lot of times, a lot of finches would come over there, and as a group, and even even doves as a group, you'll see them where one will land and start knocking all the seed no, on no, the no, ground no. for it's, all their buddies. It's so crazy. It's like somebody's having a heyday over exactly. there. No, no, but here's the thing. I have a ring camera, so I know exactly what's <laughs> okay, causing so the, seed, the seed to go down, and it is raccoons. <laughs> like, all hours of the night, like multiple times a night, will come and raid the bird feeders. I've even been up. And every time I go to bed, I come check the back door. I turn it, flip the light on, and look out the window. Raccoons on the back porch. While I'm still awake, and have you named them yet? I have not named them. Oh, okay. I've yeah, like that's probably a good idea. That's how I try it. to like sneak up on them and scare the crap out of them. But the way our door locks, you can't unlock the door without them being like, "Oh crap!" and then bolting. And then I let the dog out, and he sees them, but they go up in trees. So once they're up in a tree, you know, I, th- I think. Honey hole's missing a raccoon hat. A That's coon skin a raccoon skin cap. Yeah, Davy Crockett style, man. That's what I'm saying. Ooh. Yeah, the logo on the side. But but you keep the face of it. That way you can flap it down. And then you are the raccoon. Oh, Ooh. you know, you become the raccoon. Ooh. Then you merge with them, become one of them, and, and then you can convince them not to come to your back. Door. And then <laughs> you can just dumpster dive, and no one will give you any hassle about it. So, but at times there have been up to four raccoons on our porch. Also, there was a bird feeder that used to be hanging right over there that I did glass blowing and made a custom bird feeder, and those assholes broke my (laughs) bird feeder that I made by blowing glass. Why would you put a glass bird feeder that high up? Because it's a hanging one. It's yeah, like no, a exactly. House. I mean, that's exactly where I wouldn't put glasses. And high you, up saw, in a tree. you saw this happen. Was it uh, a squirrel? It caught on camera. Ring camera, it baby. Was, it was a squirrel? No, no it, was it was a, a raccoon. raccoon. Oh, okay. He was hanging upside down from, like, the rafters and, like, burying his face inside of it. Ooh, okay, so, okay, I got an idea for you. My teacher, uh, the, other, the other teacher at my school, he 
has an issue with squirrels, right? Same thing. He loves the birds and all that stuff. He said he mixed a whole bunch of cayenne pepper in with the seed, right? And then put it in because apparently the birds don't have the receptors to taste spice. Yeah, but how is that digesting for them, though? And No, I don't know. I know. I know, I know, I know. Well, but look look at uh, chili pekins. Those are bird seeds. Those are peppers that have to go through yeah. uh, the in, the track of, uh, you know, bird in I don't, and out. I'd feel kind of bad if, like, I was sitting out here and then, you know, a bird tooted and flames came out of its butt because I mixed <laughs> cayenne pepper. But then you have it on seed. the ring, you know. So You know what blows me away about birds? Owls specifically. Uh-huh, what? Don't have a butt. Yeah, they have a cloaca. Yeah, craziness. Yeah, everything comes out one one hole. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine pooping out your front part? It's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of it's a lot of shit talking. <laughs> oh, that would not be great. Uh, uh-uh. yeah. So you know what? But had you guys ever dissect owl pellets? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you know, you took like the little yeah. fur ball thing and cut it up, and you'd find a skull or a bone in there. Yeah, like oh, this is so exciting. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So. uh we have a raccoon problem. Not only am I concerned, and I don't want them on the porch. You know, rabies is a concern for having animals around. The other concern is raccoons will get into your attic and wreak havoc, and that's a really expensive problem. Yeah, and then just but that, I mean, uh, squirrels for sure I hear about. I mean, I feel like raccoons are going to be a lot bigger to really get in. Like, you're going to probably see a hole where they're getting in. Oh, dude, I well, in my job, I have worked... Uh, I have inspected houses where raccoons have clawed their way in through the roof and made a home. Well, also, I mean, like, raccoons, I think one, if they can get their head in. Like rats? Yeah, they can get their head in. Like, they get the body in. Yeah. You know, they're, I, I imagine, like, you could get a, a raccoon through the Nalgene, you know. Yeah. So, um, I am. So, what are you leaning towards doing? Trapping them and relocating them. Yeah. You have a yeah. BB gun? Uh, no, I do not. Mm. it. 22 with a can on it. Yeah, all day. Wouldn't right. wake up the neighbors. Or just a baseball bat. Come out and be like, come here, raccoon. Yeah. I'm kidding. Or you could lead a trail of Doritos. Ooh. You know, to uh, just like Hansel and Gretel. Just lead them out. Yeah. Far away. I mean, you're going to have it on the on the, the camera. You're going to see them come in and wake you up. The little sound will come off. Yeah, I muted that because the dog runs around the backyard so much. Mm. Oh, yeah. That sound like, ding got ding like, dude, just leave the dog outside all day. So yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I decided I'm gonna trap them and then relocate them. Yeah, we're gonna relocate them. I don't know. Dude, I they can tear, they can tear our trap up too. Like if you leave it in there too long. Yeah. So you well, know, I, I, I mean, I'm not. What kind of trap? I mean, get a good trap. <laughs> I, <don't laughs> I was gonna go to Tractor Supply. And yeah, get like a, like get a Tractor a, Supply. Get a couple get like ducks a me- over there. A too. heavy metal gauge wire. Oh, chickens. There you go. Or just get a big old net. You know, just raise it to the top, drop it down. Ooh, yeah, we should do like the like you know, he steps on a plate and then the net catches all of them and ooh, just like one big, ooh. yeah, yeah. have like four or in a row, group, yeah. or get like uh, get like plums or something. I heard stories before where like you know they left out left out fruit and fermented and like you know pigs got into it yeah. and they were just completely wasted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. get them drunk or uh, go buy steroids and then call the cops on them. And okay. then mix the steroids in with the fermented fruit and make a super raccoon. 
then they really get into the house and you'll have issues. They'll be <laughs> knocking at your door. They'll kick you out of your house. They're like, hey, get out. Yeah. <laughs> no thanks. They learn to speak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is our house now. <laughs> they like literally push the ring doorbell of the front door. <laughs> yeah. Hey, get out. Get Guess out. who I asked to help me, though? Just because I figured he'd get a kick out of doing it. Cliff? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, hey, Cliff, I have a raccoon problem. You want to help me? He's like, Raccoon oh. problem. His ears perked up. You see, there, like, oh. there's quite the, a much George. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was say, Cl- Cliff will be up in the in the tree with his harness, just waiting for those things, and probably a, oh, yeah. a blow dart or something. <laughs> oh, he's got a BB gun. There you go. Oh yeah, all decked out in Sitka, just waiting yeah. for those things. Exactly. To come out. You know, he he'll pop them a couple times. Yeah. Be, and then we'll no, be selling hats. The, on the thing is, the agreement with the wife was that they would be relocated. Well, that's uh, your problem there. You can re. Locate him to the trash can. Relocate him to heaven. Shoot him. You know? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, okay, okay. I've just been in the rules a little bit. I see what we're doing. I see what's going on. Don't. What was it? Uh, what was the, uh, the the movie? Was it the, the um, uh, Water Boy? Whatever, whatever. Mama don't know won't hurt her. <laughs> I was trying to figure out if I had like a nemesis in San Antonio that I could relocate him to like their car. Just oh. like pour, put four raccoons in somebody's car. Dude, yeah. take him, take him to Bass Pro, let him run around. Ooh. Ooh, no, I'll put them in the fish tank at Bass Pro and let those big fish eat them. I don't know. I mean, we they had lost. I'm not I'm not over there anymore, so I don't know. But I, I can assure you, over the amount of time I've worked there, there have been a number of big fish we had that only lasted for like six months before someone threw, I don't know, a pencil or something in there. Uh, we had one, one of the bigger bass choked on another one. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, you know, so we had those, but we had some bigger catfish that went there forever, and they just, yeah, get pencil lodged in there or whatever. So I don't know if they'll last very long. Hmm. The raccoons? Both, fish <laughs> and raccoon. <laughs> so what are we drinking today, Gabe? Today we have Casa Dragones, which is a House Blanco. of Dragons? Uh, yeah, I think so. My Spanish is terrible. <laughs> Don't let the last name fool you. I, mean, you got, I got a C in Spanish in high school. Um, yeah, Casa Dra- Dragones is, is a Blanco, 100% blue agave silver tequila, handcrafted to deliver the true essence of agave through an innovative process that focuses on purity. Regardless, it's good. Uh, this is a sm- the smaller offering. I think it's I like say, a three. You said purity, and the whole time I've been drinking this, I've been thinking it's very clean. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't have like that harsh burn, like Cuervo or Conquistador. It's just a very clean, like taste. For it's like it's like a tequila. If I was to compare it to like drinking, like okay, you can get like the freshest cup of water you can find. Mm-hmm. That's what it tastes like to drink this tequila. Yeah. Whoa, that's crazy. Yeah. It it's, just it just tastes like it's so refreshing. It's like, oh, this is just, you know, you're you're kind of thirsty. And you need, like, a good glass of water. And you buy, like, uh, Fuji water. Yeah. You know, it's just, like, a yeah. little bit cleaner. And you it take is, a even, sip. Even just looking at it in my glass, it's very exciting. Yeah. It, honestly, it looks so. It's very clean it, it, and it's refreshing. So clear. It always rates really high as far as sipping tequilas go. Oh. Um, you're not going to mix this. Uh, this is straight for sipping. I mean, your bottle do whatever you want. Um, but, uh, you know, I think I'm pretty sure I've made a Paloma or two with this stuff, but this is a smaller bottle. I think it's like, this is a three, seven, five. Uh, it's a 40% alcohol. So we got 80 proof. Um, and, uh, I think, uh, what else? There's anything else important, uh, on it? Probably not, but regardless, um, you know, it's a Blanco. It's nice. It's a good sipping stuff, but for, for this smaller three, seven, five, I think was, uh, 50 or 60 bucks for Do they sell yeah. 750? 
They do, and so that one's popping almost eighty, eighty-five. That's what I figure. For it, and then is they, it hard to find or no? This is this is this is pretty, uh, pretty pretty available. Yeah, it's pretty available now. They they do have some limited edition offerings where, uh, you know, it's it's aged a little bit differently, and those I think are like four or five hundred bucks. Uh, so yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. I like these. It's just like a fresh, clean, refreshing sip. You got a lot of water mixed in too. Oh, you got some ice in there, but still, yeah. yeah. Even even have throw this in the in the freezer and just chill it. Uh, summer mm. afternoon, I think is it's nice. It is a nice drinker. I just I don't know if I would buy another one for the price, but I don't know. I I'm I enjoy more of the reposados and more of the añejos and especially the extra añejos. So what is this considered? This would be a blanco. It's white, so it's not. It's, oh, okay. Yeah, it's not. So there's there's th- I thought there was just two. No, there's three. Okay. Actually, there's more. So there's there would be there's four if not five, but for sure four. Okay. Um, three you're always gonna see, which is the blanco. blanco. Then your next one's gonna be the reposado, which is which is aged in barrels for I want to say maybe two or three years. Okay, and that's where you're seeing the color change, right? Because the reposados are gonna be more, more of like that yellow, yeah. not true like bourbon right. caramely yet, but they're they're they've been aged, right? And then and then your añejos. Uh, and again, you're gonna see the step in price too. So your your blancos are always cheap. Your reposados are a little bit more. Your ajos a little bit longer. Your ajos, I believe, are again over three. I think over three, three years, years aged. Uh, and then your extra ajos are three pl- even more. Yeah. Not nothing crazy. Nothing that I've seen so far being anything over like five years. But uh, but those are darker. And and I really like ajos. Uh, reposados are fantastic. Um, it just depends on what you're doing with it. One of my favorites, and I've said it, I think, previously on, on other podcasts, is the um, Tears of Lorona. It's a liter bottle. It is expensive. It's probably about like 225 for a liter bottle. But it's aged in, like, I think it's aged in, like, sherry casks and, like, two other casks. And it's and it's an extra Añejo. That thing is fantastic. It's really, really good. Um, but, yeah, this one, yeah, something different. You know, it's good. This is good. I would, I would drink this again. Yeah, I'd buy it. I liked it. Really? Yeah. It's good. I think I would want to try, because I don't know much about tequilas. I've had a few sipping ones in my life, like maybe like three. I'd be okay with know. trying more tequila on the podcast. Me too. So yeah. Twitch it up a little bit. I mean, yeah. We are in San Antonio. We do bourbon all the time. We're not in Kentucky. Yeah, and I've got a couple of other <laughs> ones. <laughs> I've got a couple of other ones that, that I'll bring into. And especially now it's getting warmer, like this is perfect for, for something like this or even for a reposado for, for Palomas, which is, you know, the grapefruit soda... Um, maybe squirt uh, some lime juice in that. Yeah, yeah. Those are fantastic yeah. in the summer, or even with Topo Chico I as bet. well. Yeah, you know, Topo Chico. You know what? <clears throat> I don't drink a lot of tequila by itself. I didn't drink a lot of like ranch waters though, like the tequila with Topo mm. lime and um, <laughs> and what's it called? Uh, tahin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You put you put the rim rim the the sure. deal with. Uh, with that uh, t- tagine and the other the other uh, stuff, I forget what the candied liquid uh, oh, chamoy, uh, and do that, and then that's that'd be good with this as well, oh, yeah. straight. Um, but yeah, no, again, something different. Now again, now that we're getting we're getting hotter. It's just sometimes tough to to down some some stuff. Oh, I, you're sorry. Landon was pointing behind me, and I thought uh, I, I was thought like, I was like, here comes the raccoon. The raccoon? <laughs> raccoon's here. <laughs> He's coming out of the cage. Oh my god. 
scared now, man. So, Zach, you went fishing. Would you like to give us a I did. I went with uh, my other co-teacher. Yeah, we uh, went over spring break. Um, He had never fly fished before. He grew up fishing, and he's fished a lot, like conventional fish. But he's been dying to talk about it. We talk about it all the time. And I was like, hey, it's supposed to be good weather next week. Let's go. It was such a nice weekend. Oh, uh, well, we went Wednesday. It was. Oh, you met him. It was a nice day. It might have been. Wait, a y'all went again after you went on Sunday? Because didn't y'all go like Sunday last weekend? Well, Ken and I went camping Sunday of last weekend. I thought you went and went to. When did you go to Blackboard? That was two weeks ago. Or oh. three weeks ago. Three weeks oh, ago gosh. now. Man, I need to get out. What a blur. I know. So, uh, yes, we went fishing. Is um, this the same guy or a different guy? Different guy. Okay. Yep. Um,. Look at you introducing people to fly fishing. I know. It's great. Uh, so, we had such a good time. It was a little chilly when we first got there. It was like 68, and we went like mid-afternoon because it was like a colder. It was colder than it was supposed to be. It was supposed to like be in like the mid-60s in the morning or mid-50s in the morning and then quickly warm up to like 82, 83. And typically when you go out there and if you're – even if you have a lot of like – Bald cypresses and stuff. It's going to get even cooler, right? When you're in those spots, exactly. And so I was like, okay, it's going to be cool, but if we go out there around like one or two, um, and then fish through the evening, it'll be better, you know, or it will warm up. It'll be nice. Um, so we get there, and it was it was probably eight or nine degrees cooler than it was supposed to be. Okay. So it was like high sixties when we first got there. So the water, like that water, is cool when you're there, you know. Um, but still sunny, beautiful day. Not really windy. I guess a little bit, but not bad. Um, Nothing that would affect you trying to cast or a new guy trying to cast. Right, exactly. So he did a um, really good job. I mean, like, he, he's he been all about it since, like, I told him we were going to go. Yeah. And he's been, like, just, like, watching videos and, like, preparing and, like, looking up all the terms and everything. So he kind of had an idea of what he was supposed to do. He just had never actually done it before. And that totally helped. Like, we got out there, and I was like, okay, do this. Like, this is what it's actually going to look like. And he was, like, pretty good. Just like with everybody, that backstop was the hardest thing. But he wasn't, like, baseball throwing it. Like, he was kind of letting the rod do the work. He was just a little loopy, you know. But um, fishing wasn't great. We caught – well, it wasn't great for, like, the spot we go to. We probably caught 15 fish between the both of us. But he caught fish. We so caught we fish. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. So we're not going to Not a waste of day. Not at all. And especially know. if he didn't leave crying because I usually yell at newbies. <laughs> Yeah, no, not at all. We had such a good time. Um, we fished, and we fished hard, too. Like, sometimes, because that's, like, my go-to spot, I kind of, like, hop and, like, yeah. hit the holes that, like, had been really productive before. But we, like, hammered certain spots, and, like, it worked out, you know. We caught a lot of panfish, and we caught two or three tiny guads. Like, when I say tiny, maybe, you know, yeah. six inches or so. Yeah. Um. But for someone's new, I've always seen like is their first. They're just jacked. To be. Oh, he was like, yeah. he was pumped. He loved it. He had such a good time. We're planning on going out again, um, and uh, yeah. So that was it. Was it was a good a good trip? And we've been talking about it for so long, like yeah. doing something, and then to finally like get it done and like catch fish. It's just man. So I Dale Earnhardt Jr. Jr. flies or yeah, what Dale was Earnhardt Jr. Jr. R- you know. R- Ratface McRatface. Yeah, Ratface McDougal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ratface McDougal. That's like such a good one. That's such a good one. Uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I don't know. We use them just a bunch of different stuff. Top water or just like? I try top water towards the, because the way I usually do it is I fish upstream. Okay. Uh, and I fish it with like tried and true. And then once I hit the top, like, or like the farthest point, I'll put on a top, um, 
top water, and then I'll fish that on the way back to my car. Okay. And um, I did that. I caught one tiny panfish on it. It was just so cold. Nothing like I didn't even see anything eating on top. And there were frogs out, but no grasshoppers yet. Okay. And so, um, you know, I caught one stupid panfish who was just like, "Oh, what's that up there?" You know. But that was about it. Mm. Nothing else even went for the the little. What is it? The the little yellow guy that we have on our website, Kevin Hutchinson's. Uh, yeah, Lando bug. Lando bug. Yeah, that's you know that's a pretty productive fly. Yeah. More fish than I caught. Nice. I went fishing on Saturday. How'd it go? It was good. It was, honestly, I haven't been fishing on my own in a while. It was one of those days where I just needed to go fishing by myself. Like, just like a mental... Yeah, mental break, mental health day. Mental health day. For sure. Because work for me has been absolutely insane. Yeah. And I haven't even been able to wrap my head around... I do get a little bit of free time, but that free time... With as crazy as work has been, has been just like you just want to decompress. You, you ever find yourself decompress at home? You find yourself out there when you're trying to get away from everything, like not really fishing a lot of times. Like I, I feel like when I go and I need to get out by myself, like I get in the water and I'm like, man, I'm just, oh, just well, been waiting to be here forever. You know, one just thing taking it in. Maybe. One thing that was kind of annoying. Um, I went to an area. Cause so another thing I want to talk about. My wife and I are getting our trailer tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, so I went to a spot. Uh, where I fished the Sabinole River mm-hmm. is where I went. You guys can deduct where I went if you want, if you guys are listening. But I won't say where, but if you know, you know. Um, and it is a uh, uh, state natural area. And I went out there because I wanted to see, like, what if it would be a good spot to take the trailer because we really want to go out there. And uh, so it was like half like, hey, I'm going to check it out. We're getting the trailer soon. We really want to go out there. So let's kind of see what the campsites look like and see what there is to do. And then uh, I'm also going to check out the fishing. So one thing was that this park was very crowded. I was the only guy fishing, but it was in, like, people blasting music and a lot of chatter and a lot of, like, people throwing rocks in the water. Oh, yeah. Which I get. They're there to do their thing and have, you know, their fun time. But as far as me going out there and having, like, a decompression day... Yeah, where I just want to wanna, like listen to birds chirping and wind on the trees, but there's random music blasting and all. now could you escape it? Could you hike up if you if you had more time or? Uh, maybe what I found though the Sabinal River there, uh, at least the places I checked out was pretty low and yeah. there weren't a lot of good holes, and so I although I did do a lot of hiking and it got better, especially towards the end of the day when people were off the trails, it did get better. Um, it was pretty slim pickings as far as the fishing goes. Like there weren't very many good holes. Like I didn't catch it. I caught, I think my number. I caught seven panfish. Okay. Um, it was, it's just been weird weather too. Like there now. were. I did not see a single bass. Like I didn't even see a bass. Really? All I saw were panfish. Yeah. And we haven't got that much rain. We've gotten tornadoes. Yeah. And, no and the rain. weather's been like, like we've had some like cold stretches. Re- like yeah. where it's like you wake up and it's like in the yeah. low forties still, which is weird. So I I don't know. I just never saw like. We're going to go camping out there, and I'll check out. There are some other areas that I did not get the opportunity to check out. Mainly, I hiked about, it was about a little over a mile up to, I fished the river, and then I hiked a trail up to a pond that they told me about at the headquarters. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, I caught some fish there. I didn't see any bass, though. Um, but there were some other areas of the river I could check out that may hold more water and be better holes to yeah. fish out of. 
So only time will tell. We're going to go back out there and camp anyway. The campsites look really nice, and we'll be out there. They have a bird. McKenna's getting into bird watching, and they have a whole, like, bird station, birding station there, which was cool. And so I'm excited to get back out there. But I definitely, like, was one of those days where I just needed to be outside. Yeah. I wouldn't even matter if I caught fish. Because you can't be outside in your backyard right now because of the steroid out. Yeah, trash panda right. yeah. uh, punch you in the face. I just live in fear. Super <laughs> I just live. Yeah. I just live in fear for my life. For yeah, like I mean, super raccoon. <laughs> you shouldn't have given them those steroids, man. I don't want to. I don't want to have to get a rabies shot. <laughs> I heard they're painful. I heard they're like they're well, yeah. They they're gotta give bad. it in your stomach. They oh, it, right? Don't they? Isn't no, that I the thought thing? it was like into your spine. Oh, oh I thought it was a know. stomach one. But regardless, I heard they're painful. You know what? Yeah. You know what's amazing thing. With the internet, or we could just Google. live in this world of maybe you might be right. I may be you right. You know what, Landon? Just take one for the team. Just get bit. <laughs> you know, maybe you'll get like and powers we'll or something. It, Superpowers. You know, the guy posting this on there is probably not a doctor. You know, we you need some more stuff for that for YouTube. So it'd be a whole video of the standard processes of getting a rabies shot. You know, I knew this girl in high school who like lied all the time, <laughs> and <laughs> I'm her. I'm her specifically. Towards the end of senior year, we were all sitting in a hot tub. And she was like, oh, yeah? She was like, I had rabies once. <laughs> and, we were like, and? and we were like, oh, yeah? What happened? She was like, I just went to bed, and I woke up, and I was feeling a little bit better with a fever. But, like, that was You know, it. foamy mouth. I was yeah, drooling you, everywhere. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Exactly. I brushed my teeth, and I was like, oh, that's where the, the drool's from. It's incoherent, yeah. foaming at the mouth. Exactly. And, uh, yeah. So, you know. But no shot. She didn't. She said she's just she living said, her life without. A, she said living her life with rabies. You know they could do a TLC um, <laughs> documentary on it. <laughs> you know, whatever that. This is again the Office. There it is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, okay, so for the cure. thirteen doses of vaccine. <laughs> for the cure. Thirteen doses of vaccine delivered into the stomach muscle at uh, once, or thirteen like you're saying like, hey, there's a mixture of thirteen, or literally 13 one, separate. two. Oh yeah. my god! Because no, it's like, such a high volume of liquid that you they know, have to administer. You know, it's funny. I, I work with some like older people who are like, you know, in their sixties uh, or older than us. Mm-hmm. You know. And uh, they're like, they always reminisce about the days when they got vaccines by the gun. Yeah. You know? Did you ever, yeah. get, a, did you ever no, get a gun vaccine? I, I'm not that old. I'm only like a couple years older than y'all. But I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yes. It's like, yeah. It's like the old, like if you if you ever watch like a futuristic movie right. and they get like a quick jab of something, that's it's how it looked gun. like 30 years ago. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right Right in the neck or right in the shoulder blade. <laughs> you know? That's the way I, I want my shots from here on out. Just <laughs> This exactly. is like air air gunned in. Yeah, I mean, like that's got to be less painful. Maybe you know, if I get it, I want my vax card though. I want that. I want that <laughs> uh, I want rabies the, on you my. Know what? They should <laughs> Pfizer vax card. Exactly. You know, if you get the gun, they should have a little sticker, like a scratch and sniff ray gun or something that it goes on yeah. your vax card. <laughs> you should get a patch. I'll I'll sew it into my shirt. Exactly. <laughs> like loud and proud. <laughs> I got, and it'll say I got shot with a picture of a gun. I got. It. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if there's people that sell like like I know there's I know there's like fraudulent stickers out there for your Vax card, but it'd be funny if they had like random one-off ones, you know, like you know they got my rabies one. Oh, they got yeah, my, yeah. you know, because it like, sounds like we'll probably not need a card in the next year. We'll see. Yeah, like when you went to the Dollar General and they had like the alien uh, driver's licenses. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it was yeah. like height, three foot, sex. <laughs> yes, they, you know, like yeah. it was like. You know the goofy thing, you know. So I'm sure there's there's somebody out there making ridiculous vax cards. 
you know. That's awesome. I got my rabies vax. I got, I mean, we have a Bigfoot hunting permit, so. Right. I mean, People it, are making yeah, There's an stuff. idea out there. It's it's. And if it hasn't been done, then why aren't we capitalizing yeah. on it? Why are we doing a podcast and not making any money? There you go. Make that sticker, Zach. Make that sticker. Make vaccine sticker. No, they're joke stickers, guys. I it's promise. Joke. When the That's FBI is at your exactly, front door, right? Be like, what is this? Anti-Loch Ness monster <laughs> shot? <laughs> it's important. You never know when it's going to happen. You never know. Nessie might get the, you know, we don't know what Nessie could. You know what we should sell is creature attractants you know like bucked up and like the liquid crap you can buy at academy for like animal attractants so we should pee in a bottle that's what i'm hearing we should get we should sell like a bigfoot attractant i make a lot of pee we should get like (laughs) make a lot of money get hammered on whiskey and then just pee (laughs) so we'd be like let's a whiskey mix it works right and then dilute it down dilute it down and then sell it to academy yeah Yeah. works for redfish too would it be a uh, attractant or a repellent It'd be an attractant. I guess we could we could do. Some do we studies. really know if they work either way? Hey, you know what? Every time I pee at my campsite, I always get a uh, raccoon that comes that night. Don't pee here, so. dude. You gotta pee here. Yeah, <laughs> all right. Let's you get, get the whole family. Get them all in. Exactly. Can you imagine? What if there was like a baby raccoon? Could you cart away a baby raccoon? Oh, yes. all day, all day. If it didn't have its parents with it, okay, then I would keep it. <laughs> <laughs> it needs a family. I did see a documentary. I forget what it was. Probably on Netflix or something. Where it was talking about it. You know, it's amazing that they were they're literally like a South American tropical animal that has made its way all the way up here. Raccoons? And, yeah, they're what? they're tropical. They're a tropical thing. Well, you know, I read this the other day that squirrels were introduced to give people enjoyment. Well, so again with the raccoon stuff, people in Japan started bringing them in as pets. Because they're of a cartoon or whatever, like most things, yeah, right? Yeah. And so there's there's a number of people that had them for pets, and that's how they rolled out there. Because when they get older, they don't want to be touched. They don't want anything to do with you. You know, but they're so cute with their little hands. Raccoons are cute. And they wash they wash their hands before they eat. Oh, man, that's great. I know. Have you seen one steal dog food? Oh, it's the cutest thing. It is. It's... Oh, See, man. that's what yeah. I would want. I would want. No, I would I, want I'm one. not giving any compassion to we, my backyard. We, we went camping uh, during half Christmas when you're in college, and um, half Christmas is just as much fun as you would imagine. And uh, I remember we all laid there at like four o'clock in the morning, you know, probably drank a little too much, and all of a sudden we see this little guy on our picnic table just eating all of our food, you know, and we nicknamed him Bandit, and then we fed him Doritos out of our hands. It was great. What? Yeah. And you still didn't get your shot. My rabies shot? <laughs> no, no. But I have a I have a tram stamp that says Bandit is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Better record. Wait, you Doritos. have a tram stamp <laughs> that says Bandit is awesome. No. You're the man. You know, we'll Can put you it up. If I did, I had a little raccoon back there that was like with a thumb up. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> yeah, but but you have it so that like if your shirt comes up. You see him with his little his little paws, thumbs up. So like you know, if your shirt's not covering your backside, it's like oh a little surprise. You just get a little bandit, <laughs> little thumbs up, trash panda. We need a sticker now, Zach. Oh, <laughs> a little trash panda, thumbs yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. Bandit, bandit's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. So let's talk about oysters. Yeah, what happened? With yeah. This? So I'm maybe give another update next week, but this happened was as of like a couple hours ago, like two hours ago. The state declined to permanently close the three bays oysteries that we've been talking about on the show. With so much support. To With not, so much or support. Or to close it. 
To close it, uh, public comment, the statistics came out that 79% were in favor of closure, 20% opposed closure, and 1% were neutral. Um, Who counted? We'll never know. Who counted? After hearing four hours of public comment on Thursday, the Texas Parks and Wildlife Commission declined to permanently close uh, Aries, Carlos, and Mesquite Bay's commercial oyster harvesting. The commission also declined to designate them as protected areas. So they're not protected, but they're closed? They're No, they're not closed. They're not protected. Gotcha. So nothing changed. Nothing. Are they, are they still thinking about doing that thing where they rotate? Well, so basically uh, commission chair Arch Beaver Applin said officials had stopped the bleeding of the reefs already by prohibiting harvesting under the department's traffic light policy. He said this gave the agency time to define and develop metrics for the successful rehabil- rehabilitation of over-harvested over-har- reefs. These would be established by a diverse task force of stakeholders, including our environmental experts and members of the oyster commercial oyster industry. So basically they're saying that, oh, Texas Parks and Wildlife has already kind of like put a Band-Aid on the issue, so we're not going to do anything right now. Nothing permanent. Um, nothing permanent. See, I didn't even hear that. I heard that this dude's middle name is Beaver. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably what it's on purpose. Like that's all I was thinking when Landon was reading. It's like, is that guy's name Beaver? Like he's like a beaver wearing a human suit. Maybe and he wants to eat oysters. Oh, tables turn. The decision came after dozens of advocates presented their comments for or against the reef closures at Parks and Wildlife headquarters in Austin. Commission members breezed through the first three agenda items before Director of Coastal Fisheries Robin Rikers recapped the department's proposal to close the three bays. He presented his presentation included a breakdown of public comments Parks and Wildlife had received about the proposal since it began soliciting them last month. Um, the oyster question yielded 2,670 comments, and I already explained the breakdown, 80% in favor, or uh, 79% in favor, uh, 20% opposed. Um, commercial oystermen and their supporters, many of whom spoke in Spanish through a translator, implored the commission to work with them to determine solutions. Some of them denounced Parks and Wildlife for what they described as the agency's failure to provide important information about the regulations and communicate to the largely Spanish-speaking group of workers. Many said the regular dredging of reefs that occurs during harvesting was essential to keep oyster habitats healthy. So two things. Number one, even uh, when we had Wes on, on the episode that would have been two weeks ago, uh, he even commented on how there were non, they didn't do a good job of preventing, presenting the information in Spanish to, you know, non-English, to Spanish-speaking people. Sure, but but I would would still think that those guys would have, you know, known what what was going on. I mean, they were there, and they had probably someone, you know, that would also tell him what was going on, too, outside of that. Yeah. My concern would be, did they did they vote or were they concerned about voting? Let's say for whatever reason. So uh, one thing I'd also like to point out: they were arguing that dredging reefs that occurs during harvesting was essential to keeping oyster habitats healthy. Uh, not true. Um, there is no data out there to indicate. This is from Jennifer Pollock, uh, chair for Coastal Conservation Restoration of the Heart. Research Institute for Gulf of Mexico Studies said there is no data out there to indicate that dredging a reef is beneficial for a reef. Um, Pollock said that she scoured the literature looking for evidence back to back the claim when she 
had heard it come up during Parks and Wildlife March 3rd meeting. So they were really trying to say that dredging the bay would be better for it. That's correct. That it is healthy for oyster reefs to dredge. With no backup information that With that, how does that the case. How does it make any sense, though? It doesn't. It doesn't. That's like you're just making up things. No. No, no, it doesn't make any sense at all. Not at all. Like, not how anything works. Um, It's like saying putting rocks on a slide makes it more slippery. So, State Representative Mays Middleton, District 23, and Briscoe Kane, District 128, both addressed the commission by phone. They urged Parks and Wildlife to table their decision and seek more input from members of the oyster industry about both the economic and environmental impacts of closing the bays. By the time the commission reached their decision to do that, just that several hours later, most of the advocates had already spoken their piece and left. So, okay, number one, why do we need more input when they had three public hearings that you could attend and you can make an online official public comment? So they want more people to... So input now, I guess so. That doesn't make sense that, that you know that those two state representatives would urge the commission to table their decision and seek more input from members of the oyster industry. Um, why would you table a decision when public comment has already been made and also made in a pretty big favor towards closing the base? Um. That doesn't that doesn't make sense. And then another thing, why? I guess I don't necessarily understand the relationship between the commission and Texas Parks and Wildlife, but why would you not support your own agency's research and science and public comment and go against the grain? Yeah, there's something there. Because it's Texas Parks and Wildlife who brought this forward, and you know the data that they've collected are the reason that they were proposing closing these bays. Why would you not support your own? In their own research, why would you go against the grain? And not only that, not only did your own agency have this research, but public comment was in support of the agency's research and decision to close. It just, it, honestly, it it felt like it was a no questions asked. Like they would just push it through, cancel it, and be done and over with. Yeah, know? that's what in Benny's thing, he was kind of saying like the only reason they spotted it is someone read through it and said, whoa, whoa, wait a second. This is in this is in some amendment to um, a, a, a part of whatever bill that was in, right? And it was an amendment that couldn't have been blocked anyway, right? Um, you know, something crazy like that. So, <clears throat> wow, I don't know, man. I I I want to when more info comes out. This is like fresh knowledge. I'm going to look in to see actually who's on the commission board and who voted and what they voted for. Yeah, sure, you can find something. And I'm or gonna, sure someone will find I'm gonna, something. I'm yeah. going to put them on blast is what I'm going to do. No telling. No telling. It'd be interesting to, to, to let this marinate for a couple of days or a week and then see what, what Benny and those other guys you know, would come up and, and push out. Because if this has happened, I'm sure we're going to see it well, on not only social that, media I've here seen, in the next couple of days. Let me, let me find this. Um, i got to do a little Instagram search real quick. Speaking of oysters, at least, while Landon is looking that up, I'm hoping to get a trip in down in the Rockport area towards the end of April. So, crossing my fingers. Oh, that'd be nice. Towards the end of April, you said? Yeah. Okay. Found what I was looking for. Estimated harvest value of oysters from degraded reefs 
are $880 per acre. Esti- That's it? Estimated. Is it yearly? Um, it's probably yearly. And eight hundred and eighty dollars per acre. Per acre. Well, per, is, but it's from a bad acre. What What was the first part of that? From degraded reefs. And I'm assuming ours are considered degraded because they cannot. They cannot recover. Yeah. Uh, estimated non-harvest value of oysters is two to forty thousand dollars per acre. Provides habitat that increases biodiversity and fish production, reducing waves and stabilizing shorelines, which is huge for hurricanes. Uh, improving water quality and filtering large volumes of water. And so that producing acre, oyster larvae that renourish harvested reefs. So that acre of healthy oyster population does two to $40,000 worth of economic good by yeah. changing the, you know, the... You're filtering the fishing, out, yeah, filtering, yeah. and protecting the coast. The estimated everything. recreational fishing value of restored restored oyster reefs is twenty three thousand dollars per acre. That's crazy. So we're talking about even in Benny's episode, they talked about the difference between the sugar industry and recreational fishing in Florida. It's such a unbalanced scale yeah. towards recreational fishing. Then we look at you know here, what why. And I don't know, maybe I need to look into, like, oyster farms or something more. Like, why can't we set up oyster farms and get, like, and repurpose that into, you know, you know, people are so concerned about oysters in restaurants. I'm willing to, personally willing to take the hit on having oysters at restaurants. And I like oysters. Mm-hmm. Me too. To have healthy bays. Um, if people are not willing to do that, I understand. But why don't, what's the problem with, like, doing oyster farms or something like that to get, you know, food that we're going to eat, oysters that we're going to eat for food? Yeah, eventually it's going to have to come up. I mean, one of the, what did I see a while ago? They were talking about, like, in Vegas. They order a lot of shrimp. Tons of shrimp. And they started making these, um, they started having these, these uh, what would you call them? Like, hatcheries, I guess, for shrimp. They're in Vegas? Yeah, they're outside, you know, in the outskirts of Vegas. These huge buildings just, you know. Growing, growing and growing their own shrimp. Growing their own shrimp to sell to sell to the casinos for them to you know throw out for their shrimp cocktails. But again, I I don't I don't know. You just we'd have to see everything square. I mean, how do you how do you designate certain areas? How do you close off certain areas? And especially if you know it's it's a you know it's pristine areas where there's actually fish. I mean, I yeah I don't know. I mean, you you hear I've heard so many stories over the years, especially back in the seventies and stuff where. You know, things were a lot different. You go out there and be in blue crabs everywhere. Now you go and maybe see a handful, or maybe what you think would be a lot. You know, to the older guys, it's like, no, you you're you're beating them in self defense because there were so many out there. Um, yeah, don't don't tell them. Well, uh, only fifteen percent. Uh, it's estimated that only fifteen percent of the world's oyster reefs habitat are remaining. So we're down to fifteen percent of oyster reefs in the world. Now, I don't know how how big of a hit that is in Texas, but I mean that's the thing. There's numbers. It's, this is known, but nope, no, someone's making money somewhere. One acre of oyster reefs filters more than thirty six Olympic swimming pools of water per day. Yep. <laughs> That's just crazy. Why would you not want that for? Yeah, why do we have pool filters? Why don't we just throw in oysters in the bottom? <laughs> right, really. <laughs> so, 
All right, guys, that's oysters. We'll keep talking about it as stuff comes up. Appreciate you guys who made public comment, though. Give yourself a pat on the back. All right. Uh, it did do something, even though it doesn't feel like it right now. This episode is brought to you by HP. When you're working apart from your team, feeling connected can be a challenge. Presenting HP Presence, a more thoughtful, human collaboration technology. With enhanced audio and video features, you can experience more genuine collaboration and feel more connected. Be in the room, from any room, with HP Presence. Learn more at hp.com forward slash presence. How do you explain the unexplainable? That warmth that fills you up from the inside out? Does it come from the air, the sea, the sun, the people? Or is it something that can't be put into words? Because Aruba is more than a beautiful island. It's a feeling that brings out a happier, sunnier you. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your next visit at aruba.com. All right, Zach, what do you got for us? Am I going first? Yeah. Was it Oyster yours? Yeah, Oyster was mine, Conservation Corner. Gotcha. Well, you, you know, I'll do mine. I'll do mine because I'm still, I'm still within within conservation stuff. Well, duck stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. So I've got Ducks Limited season review, waterfowl numbers down, droughts linger. Mallard numbers were down by 25% in the central and Mississippi flyways. Uh, again, this week, Ducks Unlimited released its 20 to 21, um, 22 season in review, which is an overreaching uh, um Excuse me, overarching synopsis of the waterfowl season that brings together large-scale environmental patterns and ducks and blah, 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 blah. But regardless, what they were saying is that pretty much these things, these areas were down. Um, it's, um, you know, it's uh, some of these flyaways didn't have as much because of, of drought and stuff, um, you know, that I wasn't able to go out this year. It was actually the first time that uh, in a couple of years I didn't go duck hunting. But I kind of heard the same thing from everyone, that uh, the – you know, the um, shooting was a little bit slow down here, you know, and we're usually kind of last, at least from seeing late season stuff. To right, start like kind of trickles down. Yeah, but they're saying, like, during the 2021-22 uh, season, most of the prairie pothole region in western U.S. were in a moderate moderate to exceptional drought, described uh, as the most severe and widespread since 1980s, mm. um, with the North Dakota Game and Fish Department reporting an overall duck index decline of 27%. Duck numbers were also down in the California Central Valley and Intermountain West. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's just being interesting to see. I'm hoping to go this year, but, you know, like we were talking about earlier, it's just been a weird season. We haven't had a lot of rain. Right. Um, you know, obviously that'll change as we get into summer. I feel like this is going to be, I mean, we've already had two tornadoes in, in right. the 40-mile radius in the last couple of days. Um, but it, February is usually just like a wet month, and there like was I don't even think it rained in February. No, I don't think so. It may maybe, yeah, maybe like w- maybe a small little rain in the morning, right? Uh, and and that was it. But I just have a feeling we're gonna it's gonna be one of those summers. We're just gonna get like hail. We're gonna get oh, more like God. bad bad kind of weather where it's not like a long week of rain. It's just like dumping for three days, heavy flooding, and then. We're not going to see it for a while, um, but it's going to be interesting to to kind of see. I mean, I, I man, some of the videos coming out of Round Rock in those areas, and then uh, that uh, Category Three or um, whatever they call them, uh, uh, the tornado. Yeah, it's um, 
you know, F three. Yeah, yeah. They're in uh New Orleans uh, earlier this week. It was just crazy. So I don't know. We'll we'll see what the summer brings. But yeah, I mean all the reports I had from buddies that had had gone, it was kinda quiet. You know, it wasn't very much. Um especially down here too, I feel like you know, if we got a lot of rain, it's usually could be good. You know, as far as those those uh, pushing down those those birds and they have areas where they're hanging out in, in some flooded areas, but I don't think we even didn't even feel like that. Yeah. Did not feel like that at all. So it'd be interesting to see what the season does. I know I've got I'm planning hopefully at least three trips um this this coming season to go and shoot some ducks. Yeah. I kinda missed it this year. I was outside in the backyard <laughs> doing calls. Drinking whiskey. Just waiting. Just waiting. Like, oh, I have too much at? stuff going this weekend. I can't <laughs> go. The ducks at? Uh, Life is too busy, man. It is. I mean, it's it worse. You get. I took for granted how much time I got to how much I got to go fish when I worked at Orvis, like full time. I kind of like a weird Tuesday that you had off. You just oh yeah, fish. oh yeah. We're we're not having. Well, I mean, I've got a six year old kid, so it's just like she's at that age now where it's like I want to take her, and I I feel like this time next year. I've got a fly fishing buddy. Like she fly. already will watch me, you know, fly tie. She's already into the bird stuff. Just you know, get her her own rod and and take her out. I think we're right at that cusp where you know she she'll be down to right. to be a fishing. But buddy. One more year, a little. Yeah, bit it's probably for sure one more year for her to stretch out a little bit more. So I know that if we're waiting, I'm not really worried too much on her like you know slipping and floating away. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> or, or or having to worry about tethering her off to me, uh, but um, but yeah, you know, hopefully this time next year. But it's been and just with work and everything else, and then you know, with maybe a soccer game or something on the weekend, it's been a little bit tougher. But uh, I think I'm gonna try to sneak out maybe this weekend. We'll yeah, see. we'll see. But for sure next week, for sure next week there with will be recovery. there with there will be fishing pictures for sure opportunities to fish. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've just been fly tying a ton. So at least I, at least I'm able to do that. Yeah, you know, put every, yeah. put the girls to bed, and then go go sit in the kitchen table and and tie up and stuff. Well, that's why it's been so exciting going out with like new people too, because like their excitement to learn and go out has been like kind of like a little um, yeah yeah, on, and they're you know, impressed with pages. anything. You can have a bad cast and still catch a fish, and they think oh, you're yeah. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't say anything. You're like, oh, I meant to do that. All right, Zach, what do you got for us this week? Ooh. This week I have the Goat Man. The Goat Man. The Goat Man. So <clears throat> this has a couple different uh, origins, but it is one of our oldest cryptids. So when would you guys say the Goat Man was first kind of had its earliest sightings? The oldest. One of our oldest. 14, no, no, 1460. Okay. 1460. Mm-hmm. Let's do okay. 1493. Columbus saw it when he was here. I'm going zero. Okay. Ooh. Zero. You are pretty close. It was actually 520 BCE. Um, as the starters of Greek mythology held an almost identical idea of what the Goat Man was. Right. Even back then, it's very similar to what these people see. So the Goat Man. Right. It is a humanoid cryptid most commonly associated with Louisiana, Maryland, and Texas. So, don't know how Maryland I've got involved I've never heard in this thing. Right? I, I mean, know. the Greek stuff, I feel like, what do they call it? That pan or something? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, flute playing goat. Right, with like the, big old, the big old horns and, horns stuff, yeah. and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, part man, part goat. Some claim it is actually the relative 
of the chupacabra. Oh wait, what what half is what half? Goat legs or or uh, goat head? I think goat legs. Okay, but also with horns. Okay, but goat head. Okay, so it's got like human torso, goat head, goat legs. Yeah. Okay. You know, that's weird. Yeah, it is weird, right? So typically. Goatman actually hangs out at, like, the kissing corners, you know, where, like, the teenagers go and neck, you know, uh, go and, like, park their cars. No, what do they call it? They call it parking. They had right? cars back in 5500 BC. Did you just call it necking? necking. You sound like you're 75 ne- years old, Or dude. the people that were necking. No, no, let's call it. It's called parking. Parking. They call it parking. Seven, park. seven minutes of heaven. Seven minutes of heaven. Stays there to be found in your closet. I can't believe you said necking. Necking. Yeah. They get naked and go necking. It feels like that. Uh, it feels like I don't know many people who go to like the 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 spots with all the cars. Yeah, what, what is it, like nineteen fifty or something, Zach? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, anyways, it kills these young couples who are in their parked cars. Um, it also scours neighborhoods, and there's a lot of tales too that they actually will break into people's homes and kill them while they're sleeping. I don't know why it does this, but it does it. Like raccoons, Landon. Like raccoons. Right. Uh, so it doesn't matter if you're a guy or girl, he will haunt you, he overtakes you, and he'll kill you nonetheless, right? Uh, some say that he was a man who kept goats and went mad after teenagers killed his flock, which is why he goes to the parking spots and kills them, right? Uh, he's also now driven to seek revenge against any youngster. See, there's words like youngster in here, so because of that, it leads me to, like, the necking and parking. <laughs> you know. Youngsters. Exactly. Neck in park cars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the most believed story is actually that this guy was a mad scientist who worked in a USDA facility, <laughs> right? Uh, he was conducting experiments on a goat when something went horribly wrong and turned himself into a half man, half goat beast that is naturally hungry for blood. Oh my. Right. Genetically modified. Yep. So that's uh, that's the story of the goat man. Have you guys covered that that one thing that washed up in New Jersey or New York or whatever? There's like an island over there. They do all of these, uh, you know. There's like a research facility, and it's an island. And one day, some half man, bird looking thing, phoenix looking thing, washed up, washed up. Oh, I need to look into mm. that now. Yeah, you gotta look into that now. But still, that's. Uh, it sounds like a 1940s, 1950s, you know. Scary movie. Right. Goatman. Yeah. You know. They could have been more creative with the name. All right, guys. So I'm going to move us along pretty quick so that way we can go watch a tech game because it's like tip-off time like right yeah, now. Oh, my goodness. So, but I am coming today with another great competition of Fly vs. Band. Yeah, you haven't. You brought it this time. I'm bringing it this time. I did some research. Okay. And this could be good because, you know, Zach's got an extensive knowledge of bands. Right. Now... I'm going to make it a little bit more challenging for y'all. Oh, great. Because I did cross-Google every selection that I picked, and some are both, flies ah. and bands. Oh, so we have a third option. So you have a third option. So it's fly, Ooh. band, Let's go or with both. That's tricky. That, that's tricky. That's tricky. It is tricky, so, but I wanted to give you guys a good challenge. So here we go. starting it's off, starting off, the uh-huh. first one, Okay. all you can eat. Well, I don't think that's a... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right off the bat. Uh, that's pretty tough. 
I'm going to go with the fly. Yeah, I think fly. I'm solid with the fly choice. I'm going to pull the Zach. It is a band. Really? There was not a fly I could find called All You Can Eat. There, but there is a band called All You Can Eat. Dang. Yeah, I mean, I get. I mean, I get it. I get it. I mean, it's totally a band name, but it's yeah. just like this game's got me so messed up. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, now, Dang, now we know to go opposite gut. Okay. Okay. All right. The next one we'll do is paintbrush. Oh, that's a band. I'm gonna go. Let's go both. Let's go. Let's fly. go both. You wanna go fly, both? Yeah, fly and a band. Okay, we're gonna both. You are correct. <laughs> it is both. <laughs> Paintbrush is the name of a band that I found on SoundCloud, uh-huh. and that is the name of a fly that I pulled from a book. Dang, I would not have thought fly originally unless you had said that. So, yeah. Now that we well, know that there's a chance for both, right? I feel like it could things. be both. Yeah. What what uh, what does the fly look like? Do you know? Uh, the paintbrush. Uh, was if I remember correctly, it was a variation of a hopper. Okay, Ooh. okay, yeah. I get it. Uh, the next one is Los Alamos. I feel like that could totally be a band, and I doubt Landon would throw us a double on back to back. I think it, it's got it's probably a band though. Let's do a band because like I feel like we would know if there's a fly called Los Alamos. I said right. that the last couple of weeks we've been doing this That's and it hadn't true. been the case. That's Let's true. go band. I band. love Let's this go t- band. I love <laughs> this position. <I'm> <laughs> let's go band. Yeah, see, it's fun being on that <laughs> <I know>. side. <laughs> All right, let's go band. It is a fly. Oh, man. <clears throat> That's a crappy name. <laughs> I'm writing a letter. <laughs> Whoever tied that. That's a crap. I could not find a band named okay. Los Alamos, although most of the stuff I found was uh, New Mexico because there's a town yeah. named Los Alamos. Um, and bands perform there, but that wasn't the name of the bands. Yeah, but it just seems more like a band name than a. The, and the, I did pull this from a published book. Is where I pulled this band. Okay, name what from. was what was the, the what was recipe? Yeah, uh, what, what are we what are we looking at? It was just it's like another little, hopper. Just, really? Yeah. Boom. I feel like hoppers can like, get a trash. Away with, like, That's a trashy name. name. They could have. They're getting lazy on their names. All so. right. Up next, we have Basshole. I'm gonna go band. I'm gonna go band. You going band? I'm going band. Because again, Landon is not going three straight. On. <laughs> <laughs> band. Okay, I'll go band with you. Band. It is a band. All right, all right. That yeah. was a, that I was. See, a, I was. I was either thinking both or band. It's just again the Los Alamos one. That was you. Trashy name. Yeah. Probably a cool fly. Trashy name. That's just all getting right. lazy. The next one, which one should I do? Oh, now he's picking. Now he didn't have his list. So right. No, no, I have my list. I, I have it my list. sounds like he's going out. No, but when you get, when you get a few. Well, well, this one, this one might be the easier one out of the group. We'll see. Flow Rider. I want to say that's, well. That's a, no, that's no. a song. How's it? No, it's, it, it, it is a gentleman, but it's depending on how it's spelled. Is it Flow Rider or Flow Rider? What is, don't this is not a shrug? Can a rap a spelling, artist be a I, band? Or are we only doing? Well, like there's the Flow Rider is a is a, is a uh, singer rapper, right? No, right? Exactly, yeah. He sings the they sing me wrong, fly, right? You don't go both, knowing that there's a guy out there named Flow Rider. No, well, we, that's Landon just gave us a shrug when I asked him. No, I, a or E R. I I didn't account for spelling, so oh both. But you should account for spelling. I want to go both. Let's go both. It is both. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, Flow Ride Uh is a band, 
and ER was the f- spelling of the name. Okay. I'll of the it. fly. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was a softball. That was a softball. I should have given you guys that one first. All right. The next one is Thunder Thigh. Oh, that's uh that is a band. That is a band. It is both. Oh. It is the name of a fly and a band. See, I the band, band was from. The, it was a British band from the seventies. Uh-huh. I watched one of their music videos. Yeah, it's got a crazy. little sidetracked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got got <laughs> down the rabbit hole. And then it is also the name of a fly. Mm. Uh, and last but not least, we will end on gold bow tie. Hmm. Gold bow tie. I wouldn't go both. Three times in a row. Let's go fly. Straight fly. Just You want to go straight fly? Let's go straight fly. I don't know. Once he said, like, well, I'm going to look around. I'm like, oh, now he's now he's really going to throw us our softball. I'm just going to go straight fly. All right. I'll agree with you. Straight fly. Fly. It is a fly. All right. All right. Yeah. Nice work, boys. It is a beetle. The gold bow tie is a sense. beetle that uses gold. Uh, um, Flash what? Tinsel okay. around the neck. Oh, look at that. Like, yeah. a, like a gentleman. Yeah, a gentleman like a gentleman. Beetle. Like a gentleman beetle. All right, guys. Nice work. I think, let's see, you did not get all you can eat. You did get basshole. You did get paintbrush. You did not get Los Alamos, so you're two, two for two. Flow Rider was correct, three for two. Thunder Thigh was incorrect, three for three. And Gold Bowtie was correct. You guys were over 50% at four... Out of seven. We'll take sure. that, especially with the little the little uh, change in. It could be both. Option. I know. Yeah. Like, yeah. We should get half points. Yeah, no but. kidding. Yeah, no, yeah. it's good. I'll take it. Yeah. Good nice job, Nice work, Zach. boys. All right, guys. Well, we hope we're going to move on to the interview with Jeff Preddy of the Fly Hair Company. Oh, he was so great. He was so great. If you guys want to know how to turn raccoons on your back porch into fly tying materials... This is the episode. <laughs> Actually, you know. Yeah, really. <laughs> yes. This is the episode you want to listen to. Jeff is such a nice guy, and we are selling his materials on our website. So if you like what he has to say, then uh, and want to support him, and want to support our sponsor, Honey Hole Angling, <laughs> go to <laughs> Honey Hole Angling's website at honeyholeangling.com. Mm-hmm. Go to the fly tying material selection. And then go buy some golden bison before we run out of it. Ooh. Yes, yes. It won't last long. And I'll be posting some flies hopefully this week. With the golden bison. With, with the, the golden, golden bison. Because yeah. I think I finally have an idea for a uh, uh, whatever bald head, shaved head. Uh, Natalie, Natalie Portman, Portman shaved, shaved head. <laughs> which I'm thinking is going to be an articulated uh, fly, an articulated streamer fly with that gold bison up in the front. Oh, can you imagine? Ooh. Yeah. It's going to be solid. Yeah. All right, guys. That's it. All right. We will enjoy. I hope you guys enjoy the interview. Hey guys, welcome to Honey Hole Hangout. Uh, today we're interviewing Jeff with the Fly Hair Company. Yes, sir. And we're at the Texas Fly Fishing and Brew Festival. I met Jeff uh, two years ago at Trout Fest and bought some materials from him. And Jeff's materials are uh, different than what you're going to find in a little a, unique, a little <laughs> unique, and different than what you're going to find at a fly shop. So, Jeff, will you tell us and describe to our listeners what you do with fly tying materials? Everything that nobody else does. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Um, but our our listeners are still probably like, "What is that? What does so, that mean?" Well, you know, um, like one of the hairs I'm I've got two main hairs I'm pushing today. Um, this is going to surprise a lot of people listening. A lot of people up north have swapped their bucktails out for moose mate. And so 
I started experiment with it, and I don't tie bucktail clousers anymore. Really? So really. moose yeah. mane. Moose mane. So, yeah. so, so you guys listening to understand, what he does is it used to be in taxidermy. Yeah, I grew up in a very large taxidermy shop. Yeah. Really? Very large. Yeah, okay. And so you guys he, making jackalopes? No, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the, the funniest, the funniest mount I've ever. Okay. I'll have to say this. Funniest okay. mount. It was a Rambo hog. Like they stood him up on his back legs, <laughs> gave him a bow, freaking red bandana, freaking <laughs> red bandana. freaking gun uh, ammo sling across his chest, dude. It was absolutely hilarious. But Do you yeah. have a picture of it? Because <laughs> dude, I gotta I see this. I guarantee you can probably find it online, dude. There's a picture of a okay new species for everybody to go catch. Ha ha, <laughs> fur bearing trout. <laughs> Please tell me y'all seen the fur bearing trout. Oh my seen god! The I didn't even look it up, dude. My wife got me on this. Like, hey, babe, you need, you got a new trout? You know, fur bearing trout. And I'm like, it clicks in my head. Fur bearing, like, I grew up in a taxidermy shop. Like, fur bearing trout. Like, this doesn't make sense. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, I was I was the guy that had to go look it up too. Oh yeah. man. Oh dude, it's hilarious. So somebody <laughs> like an old Icelandic myth tale. Yeah, of a fur bearing trout. That's and oh, that's you have great. to you have to report on that. I on a don't, that's Preacher a good one. Watch. Don't let Google disappoint you. <laughs> there's pictures, so it's true. <laughs> okay, well, it's, it's that's so a that's funny, total man. creature. Oh it's yeah, so yeah. funny. That definitely it's is. so funny, man. <laughs> yeah, it's up there with the jackal. So so you take uh you know materials that people have probably never tied with, and you you know uh, produce them and sell them. Yeah, pretty much. Um, thankfully, growing up in the shops. Um, I finally realized what was being thrown away as trash was another man's gold. Yeah. And so I don't even want to say how many bucktails I've thrown away. I mean, it's the most embarrassing because I just didn't know. And people didn't want them. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, dude, there was an old man coming in my dad's shop, and my dad had a very large taxidermy shop. We're probably cutting 1,000 head a year on the annual calendar. Uh-huh. And this guy is coming in and buying deer hides we're throwing away for a dollar apiece. Oh. <laughs> Mm. I mean, we have tra- 55-gallon trash cans full of deer hides. Just hides that can't he, give them away. Dad's selling them to this guy for a dollar apiece. Yeah. And he's sending them to China, having the hair tanned off both sides, uh-huh. shipped back, and making deer leather gloves out of them. Really? Okay. Okay. Yeah. And literally, he was buying them for a dollar apiece and making probably two dozen pair of gloves out of one hide. Yeah. It's insane. Like, dude, another man's trash is another man's gold. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So, like... I was just given uh, a pretty good panel of golden bison, naturally golden bison. I've never seen anything like this. It's, uh-huh. It has truly a, a natural gold sheen. You like you don't have to use flash with it. It's amazing. Really? Yes, it's absolutely amazing. Do you have some here? Yes. Okay. For sale? Stop by. Yes. Okay. 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 I'll be by. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, it's just again, it's just realizing, thinking outside the box, man. You don't don't always be the follower. Think outside the box. Use somebody else's get influence from somebody else. You might have four different tires inspire you on one fly. Yeah. yeah. I had that happen the other day. Just okay. Took a piece of caribou strap, little freaking three eighths wide, six inches long. All right, now I got a barren ground caribou mouse. Yeah. I mean and my brown trout guys are going ape nuts over it. Yeah. First one I've ever tied. Anything like this, and I've already got guys going nuts over it. Yeah. yeah. So again, it's just thinking outside the box, man. But so, I'll tell you, three weeks straight at my tying bench before the show, it was getting mentally stressful to come up with something new. Oh yeah. It really like. So are you just trying to come up with anything that's unique that just kind of flashy for the show for the floor? Not, you know. You know, I used to tie a ton of flashy stuff, and 
I've kind of got away from it. Honestly, yeah. I, I'm trying to use more of a natural mm-hmm. flash because I mean, I'm head. I'm also head guide for Beaver's Bend Fly Fishing Guide Service. Chris Shotty's the owner of that. I've been with him almost two years, and so going from your your big time your predator bugs, which I was in love with doing uh-huh. when I first started, going into your transition to I mean now I mean consistently tie perfect size twenties. Yeah, and yeah. I mean again tying two aught to eight aught on normal versus switching now everything a biggest to a 10 to a 22 yeah it's a game changer man oh yeah and you know uh hand strength on your thread uh the amount of material you know you just got to keep at it till you get it good and there's only it's like it's like new anglers you know when they see me cast a rod to show them a demo Man, you make that look really well. I mean, if your guide has a bad cast, I'm not doing a very good job, am I? <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's just you've got to put in the time. Yeah. You've got to put in the time over and over and over. I mean, we all make ugly flies. We're gonna let this roll, yeah, Evan. Evan, cut this out. Cut this out. Thanks, Evan. Yeah, thanks, Evan. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jeff. So, talk. Tell us about what all types of materials that you're selling. Like, will you go down to the list because they're pretty unique. Oh animal man. here that you're selling for fly tying got about 45 minutes okay yeah go <laughs> work down that list man well i've got uh let's see how i can do this i've got hair from all over the world five con- uh five continents and i'd say easy 12 countries i've got stuff from african plains game antelope to blue wildebeest tail gimsbach tails um uh, gray Reebok antelope that is very comparable to a um, a hare's ear. Okay, I mean, really? Just, okay, you know, it's like super, slight. super yeah. soft, yeah. super flowy, um, light, a really light brown on the root of the hair comes up into a gray and black tip. I mean, do throw it in an inch and a half dubbing loop, bang bang collar on your freaking trout fly. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, moose. I've, Oh, dude, moose. Since you, hey, you said earlier, it's the moose mane. Moose, right? Well, I've got moose mane and moose body. The what uh, texture wise? The what's moose. Difference? The the moose body is a more going to be a of a solid hair. Your okay. moose mane is a hollow, much, okay. much longer. So the hollow, you're gonna, can you spin it? You can't. Uh, you can't spin it like you can spin deer hair. Uh-huh. But you can. Uh, it's kind of. But you can still get that. Uh, yeah, you can get the flare. Yeah, that's what I was like. Yeah. I was like, yeah, like flare. How would you describe yeah. that? And I mean, you can do. I mean, man, I've got guys tying 14, 18 inch <laughs> pike flies with this stuff. Yeah, I've got guys tying. I I love tying uh, a moose popper, uh-huh. a, a all moose hair popper, man. Yeah, and the the sound that it makes, the the action that it has, it's just incredible. Um, I've got deer tail, uh, golden bison. Uh, regular chocolate bison. I mean, um, what is bison hair good for? I use it a lot. In my trout flies as a collar. The the shorter, wiry body hair. Uh-huh. It would be, I'd say, from your rib cage area to his flank. Um, your 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 uh, your fro up on top of his head, in between his horns, and then uh, his shafts come down his front legs. That's okay, like the gonna, longer hair. That yep, comes on his front your legs. longer, wiry, flowy hair. Yeah. Um, so that hair itself doesn't absorb water; it repels. So, I mean, one good haul, man, and whipping the whipping the back cast, and your flies dry. Yeah. I mean, so um, you can bulk it up with not a lot of hair. Uh huh. Um, just the way it 
it ties and yep. flare. It really doesn't flare out. It just pushes out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like really cool. Almost. Yeah, very, yeah. very puffy. Um, makes an amazing bulkhead deceiver. Yeah, that's one. That's probably one of the things I like. Just time pushing with water. Just pushing water, man. Yeah. I mean, you can you can cover that aspect of fly from deep sh- deep water offshore all the way to your four foot lily pad flats of. Northern Saskatchewan catching your tiger muskie and your pike. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so it's just an all-around versatile, you know, tying move and on a fly that you can use. Dude, saltwater, freshwater, flowing water, still water. It yeah. doesn't matter. And um, then you had uh, you had warthog over there too. Yeah, I like tying my warthog. Uh, my warthog back hair um, makes some amazing little midges. It also looks like it make good like shrimpy like leg. It could do some oh, shrimp right, legs. Right, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. got uh, got natural tones of uh, black, gray, and uh, brown. An and antenna it, like shrimp antenna is what I was going to go yep. for. And actually, spin back to the moose main. A lot of guys uh, use your moose for your shrimp antennas because it holds the color so vibrant. Uh-huh. And it's, some of them, depending on where it's at on the body, it will have a little curve to it. Uh-huh. And so those – It's like perfect. It's those like, little – Especially yeah. you get it at the yep. right angle. That's exactly what it is. So how did you get into this? I know. I'm like, this is like so specific. I'm like, this is great. This is like the niche I love. <laughs> so <I know>. it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a cool – to me, it's kind of a cool story. Um, so when my dad fished in the Texas coast all through the 80s, um, grew up Port Mansfield um, – We've always been the guide, you know, like, just go after the big stuff, you know. Let's go see what we can get. And Dad had a guy that he fished with in the 80s that was a big fly guy, uh, Mr. Bud Rowland, who's still with us. And, I mean, he's the goat of the Texas coast, man. I mean, this guy is – I mean, if it's on the Texas coast inshore, this guy's done it. Yeah. I was talking to uh, uh, William Townsend the other day, and he mentioned yeah. Bud Rowland. Dude, yeah, Townsend like, will know Bud very well. Yeah. 100% <laughs> yeah, Chris right. Yeah. He was like, "Hey, you know, you guys should try to, you know, get him on." Dude. Yeah. They he is yeah. I'm telling you right now. Townsend will back me up. Freaking roll. Are you buddies with Townsend? I've known I've known me and Chris met uh man. Chris is his brother. Okay. Yeah. And I met Chris when he was here. Uh-huh. Or not here at the show, but I'm on like 2 3 years ago, I think, yeah. right as I was getting in it. I think they did a a little Him thing. and his buddy, him and one of his buddies did a uh, a tying demo, okay. Chris did at Orvis. I've never met Chris. I, I just know William. William, yeah, yeah. William. yeah Chris that, is his brother. Yes. Yeah. but yes. William is the guide. Chris is a yes. pilot. Yep. 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 yep, yep, yep. You're right. And then um, met those guys at Orvis, and just you know, South Padre guy, Port Mansfield guy. I think yeah. you're only thirty minutes away on water. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's only pretty much one ranch that separates those two towns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, it's, uh, again, you know, small town Texas Valley guys, you know, yeah. in, a, in a small, you know, fishing community scene. Right. You know, it's so funny that I say that to clients. You know, it's a, the fly fishing community is small, but it's still a billion-dollar industry. Yeah. They're like. But like everybody, like you you could get through everybody with like the three degrees of seven bacon. Oh, uh, Kevin Bacon, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, it's funny. Um, like the – I mean, dude, I, I dirt track away for 19 years, me and my dad did. And, you know, the dirt track scene is a small-knit community, mm-hmm. and but it's you can spend as much money as you want in it. Yeah. It's the same thing with this, man. I have, man, I got $45 guide rods. Yeah. You know why? Why am I going to give a 12-year-old kid a $200 rod? Just so he can snap it. Exactly. And so... Uh, but the thing is, is my $45 rods that I get off Amazon, 
dude will outperform your $800 Orvis. I'm sorry, guys. It'll do it. <laughs> I've got him in my freaking, I've got him in my, in my artillery. Especially at that level, too. Like, I mean, dude, I can throw, I can throw one double, double fly with a three-quarter inch indicator 60 feet with a five weight. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's knowing your equipment, you know. Uh, you can only be as good as your equipment. Yeah. You know, and the guys that want to start, oh, like one guy the other day, man, I'm just the guy that has a bad cast. No, man, like I ain't figured your cast out yet. <laughs> the fourth cast, the fourth different cast I showed him, he was money he on. He got it. Yeah. 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 So it's, you know, it's, you've got to fill out your clients. That's a good way. That's a good point. There's so many people who are like, no, like this is the, this is the proper way. Right. This is the one way you start fly fishing. This is the cast, you know. Oh, man. But yeah, you, you know. You can't do it that way. My wife, uh, Kendall, she did, she she took the classes she did, and she liked it. She loves fly fishing now, you know, and uh, but something about it just fell off, you know. But then it wasn't until she got out there and was kind of like, no, you know what? It, it just works better when I do this. And her cast is great, you right. know. Like yeah. she, she's it's, not. It's figuring, just spending the time, going through the frustration. We've all been the FNG, and so it's putting in the time, man. Yeah. It's just like everything else. You got to yeah. do your homework. Exactly. It's just like you know me and tying. When I, dude, I started with a hundred and ten dollar Bass Pro tying kit. My yep. wife bought me for Christmas like six years ago. Um, now I have an enclosed garage. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's how far you want to take it. And I've found my niche. Yeah. And this is my passion. So, so, so going back to how you got into doing the fly material production. Worked you in said, dad's shop. Yeah. And got tired of throwing stuff away. Yeah, because you're saying your dad was a taxidermist. Yeah. Right. Very was that full time? Like yeah, that was it, man. Yeah. That was it. I mean, I was my dad's. Main helper in the back. I was the guy that was in the skinning room, yeah. you know, doing everything. When, what age, at what age did you start doing that? 12 years old. Really? I've been skinning deer by myself with zero help since I was 12 years old. Hanging, that's, everything. Man. I mean, that's cool, but that's crazy. That's I'll take anybody's money that bets money against me that I can't skin a deer under two minutes. <laughs> under two minutes? Ooh, know, nice. That's, that's, that's so, impressive. That's, it's, it's, it's impressive. Because every yeah. time I'm doing it, I'm like, what, a minute 30? What's going on I had a, <laughs> I had a buddy of mine... He went to go take a leak, and he came back, and he's like, dude, you didn't even have this thing hung up before I walked off, and <laughs> I had the skin jerked off of it by the time he came back from peeing. <laughs> That's hilarious. And it was hanging up in the tree. Oh, it's just like. It's, it's just hey, like man. clockwork. You're just like, I got it. So, yeah, dude, it really is. So what clicked on you? Uh, what was the point that clicked that was like, we're throwing away a gold mine? Um, um, truly um, large amounts of money. Um, I mean, yeah, really, well, it, I don't know, honestly, what clicked. I kind of was getting into the fly thing, and my brother had taken over my dad's shop. And I'm like, yo, man, like, let's, you know, let me save all the deer tails from this season. I think we had ended up, I honestly ended up saving like 350 personally by myself. (laughs) Flesh salted everything. Uh I mean, growing up in a taxidermy shop, I know how to cure and prep and take care of hides. But they don't stink. You cannot go into, I'm not going to name any businesses. I'm not that dude. You cannot go into any fly shop. Now, I'm talking big brand name stores. It starts with a C and a BP. I'm talking big time stores. You cannot go in there and buy fly tying hair that does not smell. Yeah. There's yeah. A, there is a certain smell. Smell, especially to like bucktails. And Mine don't stink. Yeah. Okay, so let, let's do this. <clears throat> let's say someone shoots a deer. Yep. Walk us through the process. Um, let's say they want to save the tail and maybe some like body hair. Okay. And they, they want, or let's just say they, any usable material, fly tying material on a deer, they want to save. Walk us through the process of it's on the skinner. And then how do they produce that into a material? 
once you get the skin off, if you can while you're skinning, try and take as much meat off as you can. Don't rush through it because you're going to have to take all the meat off, period. Right. So just take your time. If you're not that good with a knife, just take your time. That way you're not cutting holes and you got a better-looking product at the end. So once you have your hide off and your, tail, your, your bone tail out of your tail, go ahead and split your tail open where it's laying flat, and then just take your knife, how I've got mine. I've got a 45-degree board angled, and I put my hide on that, and I shave it downward. Okay. Okay. And it so just, you're standing at I'm the standing tall end up, of it, yep. and you're scraping down. Pushing down with your knife and blade. you're just using a knife blade. You're not yep. using a... Dude, four-inch paring knife, bro. Really? Go to Walmart, don't... <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've spent the freaking 150 bucks, man, on custom knives, this and that. Throw them away. And they all work Throw the same. Throw them away, yeah. dude. I'll wear out three paring knives I buy at Albertsons or Kroger in a year, uh-huh. and they Farberware holds the best edge. Yeah, it's cheap stainless steel, but it holds a really good edge. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and it just gets the job done. Yeah, dude. I mean, there's no reason to go buy an eighty dollars Smith and Wesson. I'm not knocking the brand name, but there's no reason to go buy that knife. Right. When I can go buy freaking eighty of them for well, three bucks. Nobody yeah. listening to this podcast is going to be like turning into a production. I don't think it's going to be turning well, yeah. into a production. But I mean, you know. But again, it's like it's like fly fishing. You know the good hooks to go to. You know the good line to go to. It's the same thing. Yeah. It's the same thing, just different aspects. You just do what works. And so once you've got, once you've got your hide fleshed out, make sure you've got all your fat chunks, all your meat off. How um, hard is that to do, like, it's realistically? <laughs> for someone who's never done it. Well, yeah, for I mean, someone who's oh, never I mean, done it. I, I'm like, I mean, I've, I've done it since I was a kid, so I've, I mean, truly, I mean, God, most of my life. Um, <laughs> it's really not. It's, it's knowing pretty much just the angle of the knife. I mean, okay. but. You're shaving it. You're not cutting into the hide itself. What you're doing, you're just pushing the meat off of the hide. And that's that, knife. that white, like the fat, right, it's the, the tallow. Sin, it's the sinew. The it's sinew, the yeah. sinew that it's the it's the very clear white membrane that holds holds the meat to the the skin, the skin, or versus the carcass to the meat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you okay? So what should you see it when you're done? Complete white. Just I'm solid white. Freaking. Snow white, okay, pure white, bone and, and white, probably pretty flush, like no bumps. Yeah, I mean, or you're gonna, you might have some, you know, skin bruising or some scarage, you yeah. know, from a fence line or you know, hey man, I've seen freaking coolest thing I'll say that I've seen a, on deer scars. Probably one a year, on average, I'd say is one that would come in with a mountain lion claw down his neck. <laughs> Dude, so rad. Yeah, it's so rad. I mean, that guy right there is a warrior, man. To literally survive a mountain lion attack, keep going, dude. Yeah. I mean, yeah, warrior style, man. But um, just you'll have you won't have any any meat on it, no fat chunks. I mean, you'll have some seepage coming through from your flesh side. Um, but just uh, go to your feed store and get uh, man. I use Morton stock salt. Really? Use okay. The, use the really fine, really stuff. fine stuff. Yeah, use the fine stuff, not the really coarse stuff. Uh-huh. Um, it'll last you longer. Uh, therefore, you can salt more product with it. Right. Um, it dries out really quick, so you can reuse it. How thick of a layer of salt are you putting on? Like, just not, enough? Dude, not even, I mean, 16th of an inch. I mean, just rubbing, okay. rubbing so it li- across there good. Literally. So, like, you don't want to see any skin. Right. But also, like, you're not pounding it. It's Correct. It's just, just a thin layer where it's completely covering it, though. 100%. Gotcha. Thin layer completely covered where you don't see any skin uh, through the salt. And then I would say in good weather with not high humidity, you're looking at two good days in the salt and it's cured. Really? Yep. Okay. So the next step after that's kind of my secret. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, but I will tell you, you can get both products at any dude. You can probably get them at a gas station. Right. I mean, any convenience store, grocery store. Man, it's simple green and Dawn soap. Yeah. You just gotta. I mean, figure and that's, it out. You're just cleaning it at that that's point. That's it, dude. Yeah. That's it. I mean, Dawn soap is a good greaser. It knocks all the dirt out. The uh, the simple green is a degreaser as well and gives a little bit of aroma. Yeah. And so, I mean, dude, you want different. So aroma? you're high. What you're saying is your materials smell good. Not only do they not smell bad, they smell, they nice. smell nice. I mean, all you got to do is put some lavender simple green in it, man. <laughs> I mean, and it smells good. <clears throat> so then, uh, as far as like bugs, because you know you hear everybody saying like, "Oh, I got you know, I popped in the freezer if, for if sixty you, days." If, then, if you have bugs in your hides, it was not cured well from the taxidermist or whoever cured it. So you're not you're not even bothering with putting it in the freezer or doing anything like that. Uh, the, well, so, so I just got. 50, Is that more of a feather thing? Like the on, feathers, on feathered animals, what being the bugs. Yeah, yeah. Yes. What so what I've learned on they hold uh foul skin holds way more grease okay. than an animal hide does. Yeah. So what you have to use to degrease a foul is kerosene. Really? Mm. And then wash it in dawn soap. Yeah, just to get all that off. Yep. Okay. It's it is what and it I've is. I've heard man. the freezing yeah. and all, you know, you the need free- freezing for like a couple like a while. We'll see if now, I'll tell you a couple of things. If you're going out and you're using your varmints, you know, your coons, your coyotes, your possums, your skunks, your, your bobcats, you uh-huh. know, your stuff like that, um, your, your fur bearing stuff, it, um, that stuff needs to be put in the freezer. Oh, okay. Because, dude, please. There's no way to clean it all my, out. M- well, you, you want to kill the bugs on it first. Right. Yeah. Dude, so, okay, so uh, screw, what process are you coming in and you putting do that well, Okay, let's, let's, let's back up a little bit just not to muddy the water. So, let's finish out the deer. So, yeah. we're, and then, we're, good, yeah, yeah. we're on the deer one to two days in good weather, and it's completely dry. After the salted, then you clean it. Yep. So, once, you're, once it's salted and hard, uh-huh. then you go back and then you put it in your bath, your Dawn Soap Water and Simple Green Bath. Uh huh. Do a couple of those. I mean, you just got to put some time in and figure out your timing. Mm-hmm. I mean, because everything's different. I mean, buffalo hide takes different time than a deer tail. Yeah. I mean, it's the amount of dirt. You might have to do two or three cleaning baths versus one cleaning bath. Right. I mean, so do a soak for 30 minutes. You can do a soak for three hours. I mean, there's I've done it all. Yeah, you and know, your, your water will tell you when you're ready. Exactly. Yeah. And you just got to keep watching it. You know, go out there, pull a tail, you know, rinse it out by itself. If it's not clean, throw it back in there. Break it again. You know, swirl it up, beat them up some more, yeah. you know, disturb the water, you know, and you're pretty much being the washing machine. Yeah. I mean, get honestly, man, I get a freaking, <laughs> I get a tub, man, a plastic tub and a old freaking scrub brush. And you literally are the washing machine. Yeah. Freaking beating the dog out just of the throwing everything in there. Yeah, dude. Seriously. I mean, seriously, the, the motion's like this right here because yeah. you're pumping the water and it's sitting here churning the water like this and it's just, it's cleaning it. And the water's completely freaking brown when you're yeah. done. And usually, honestly, usually one good clean bath and then one good degrease bath, rinse them out, good to go, air dry them, put them in a fan, put them in front of the fire, put them outside in the sun and the wind, whatever you need to do. It works. 100%. Yeah. There's all different types of ways, man. Again, it, comes, it, it comes back to thinking outside the box. Yeah. Just trying new things, see what works. See what works. And then, uh, you know, same, you know, we talked about a bucktail, but same process applies for body hair. Completely. Everything, yep. no matter what animal, no matter what continent, warm-blooded, cold-blooded, doesn't matter. 
Everything's got to go the same. And yeah. then uh, as far as, like, let's say you get this big deer hide, uh, how do you cut that so you don't mess, mess up the hair? Are you cutting it from the hide side? Hide side. Yeah. Don't cut it from the hair side. Yeah. Uh, you'll have too much hair waste if you cut it from the hair side. And go ahead. Like, I, dude, I completely square mine all the way out. Take a, take a square. I draw three by three squares. Oh, so you fl- once you're done uh, curing when, it and everything, yep. cleaning it, you'll flip it over, and then on the leather side or the mm-hmm. hide side, you you will literally just draw your three draw lines, squares, and that way you can cut them up into nice chunks. That's okay. it. And then I mean, bag your bag your scrap up stuff in yeah. a bag, then put all your good squares in another bag. Then, I mean, on to the next one. Yeah. What What about dyeing after that? If you want to add some color, what is that process like? Um, so I use um, jacquard. Dye? A di- yeah, Jacquard. Where can you get that at? Dude, you can get Amazon's Quick Spray. If you buy it directly from Jacquard, um, I believe, I think my first order took me like a week and a half. Okay. So, but I mean, dude, I put, I ordered like 20-something dyes my first order. But I've got, I think I've got 34 dyes now. Um, so, man, everything dies differently. <laughs> and, and that's what I've heard. It really does, man. Um, those... Uh, those saddles that I did for Chase. Yep. Learning experience, man. I mean, it is what it is. It's not like dyeing hair. So I mean, I've got a, I've got a dual dye a couple of those. Yeah. Because they didn't soak all the way in for the first time, and I'm not going to give Chase back a bad product. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and he knows, man. He knows I guide a ton, and he knows I'm busy. And I mean, I mean, he's gonna, he, you know, it's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then so, but the dyeing part, you know, pick whatever color you want. Um. Your temperature range, when when dying, I use a heat dye, um, so my water is warm. Anywhere, honestly, man, from 110 to 180 degrees. Really, it depends on what piece of hair you have in it. Yeah, just use one of those. Um, <clears throat> I use my use water thermometer. Okay, it clips onto your freaking pot, stays right there in your pot. Oh, okay. I've so got it, three burners going at one time. How I long is it taking to dye it? It just depends. Okay, but like, have like uh, what's the range? Like you my know? my orange. Say my orange on my coyote, dude, five, eight minutes. Maybe. Okay, right, because it's already pretty maybe, close to that shade. Right, maybe. But if you're taking like a deer hair and turn it like dark red, it might take a little, or even like a dark blue Ten or something. Ten minutes. Really? Okay. I was thinking, I don't know why I was thinking it would take like an hour or two. Now, if you want your, now, I've experienced that with uh, black. Okay, like and, turning it, and like you're turning all a, yep. Okay, the darker, darker, darker words. You just gotta, you just gotta let it sit. Add color, pound it in. Add color, pound it more in. Yeah. I mean, you just gotta keep the cycle fresh, man. Yeah. And I mean, I thought something was good. Take it out, clean it, rinse it off. All right, it's not good enough. Throw it back in the dye. Right. I mean, you just gotta, <laughs> you just, it's learning. Yeah. You gotta put in the time. I mean, moose doesn't dye the same as bucktail. Right. Uh, it doesn't die the same as buffalo. It won't die the same as deer body or elk or, or freaking hog or whatever. It's different temperatures for different stuff. Yeah. And if you leave it in there too long, it's going to fall apart. Oh, yeah. Then it's going to start curling the tips of your hairs. Mm. I mean, there's a certain... Like, there's there's like that fine line of like... You're going to you, mess up a lot. Yeah. I'm going to tell oh, you yeah. right now. If you're dying stuff, it's a like... A hundred learning curve, bro. You, I mean, it's... Well, it's, it's part of the game. You're learning something new that... You never learned or oh, yeah. you never knew anything about it. And I was trying to learn all this stuff off uh, YouTube and the Internet before, and I wasn't getting all the right knowledge. Luckily, I had an older guy. Um, unfortunately, he's gotten into some bad health. 
and um, can't help me out anymore, but he has taught me a ton of the dying game. And, I mean, if it wasn't for him, Kyle Hand, I mean, dude, that guy is – he's what – I mean, he's truly is what made me even be on this podcast. Because yeah. if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be sitting at this show. Yeah. I wouldn't have a piece of freaking hair dyed, man. Yeah. And my first show, I had, a like, half a pegboard of, like, just natural hair, like caribou, mule deer, you know, antelope, some whitetail stuff. And uh, I met him there. You just click with people, man. You like we met three years ago, yep. you know, and the first time we've seen each other in three years. Yep. You know? Damn COVID. <laughs> oh, <dude>, man. <laughs> and then, you know, but again, it's the guys that'll, you know, give you their endless knowledge. Yeah. Um, like Chris Shoddy, Beaver's been fly fishing guide service who I work for. Man, the stuff that he's taught me in the last two years, and I've been in fly fishing ten years. Yeah. I mean, it's from fly tying to on the water to um, you know, behind the scenes, running the business, to bookings, to to marketing. I mean, it's a whole. We're in it together, man, and I'm I'm very thankful for the, all the opportunities and everything. And you never stop learning. Yeah, you're your own teacher, and I I want to take this as far as it can go till yeah. I got to be buried. Man. Yeah, nothing nothing truer. What? Uh, so talk about the process for a fur bear animal, and how that's different than uh, the biggest you, thing I would say on the fur bear man. Definitely freeze your fur bear and stuff before you start messing with it. It's so like as soon as you skin it? No, no. No. You throw it in the freezer as soon as you get home. So Whole. Really? Yes. Okay. Dude, you're going to you have don't gut fleas. It? You don't no. gut it? Okay. You're going to have fleas. You're going to have ticks. You're going to have mites. All of it. So like before you even mess with it, just you go put pick it in the bag and you throw, throw it in the back of your truck. You get home, throw it in the freezer. Yeah. If mama will let you. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like you need a special. I have my freezer. own refrigerator and I have my own freezer. You don't want to know it. Uh, actually, there's a. I think there's a DiGiorno sitting on top of three coons and a rooster right now. <laughs> <in my freezer. laughs> I was gonna say I'd separate that out <laughs> yeah, personally. You probably. Hey, have. the pizza's in a box. It's all good. Yeah, <laughs> it's wrapped. And then how long are you, so? How long are you freezing for? On nose, minimum two days. Okay. Minimum. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, it's got your freezer's got to be you know zero. Like I mean, to like kill. really kill anything. And if you want, if if you want to make sure everything's dead, leave it in there a week. Yeah. Okay. If you leave it in there a week, it's going to take at least a full day to thaw out in good weather. To to start and, actually take yep, care of it. To start skin it out. Yeah. And the thing to do if you're having a hard time, if it's taking longer than you think, with the with the animal laying on the ground thawing out, put a rope around an ankle, man. Yeah. Hang him up. Put a fan on him. I thought you were going to say put it in the microwave. <laughs> now, that's how you blow up the day. <laughs> blow, blow up the now, I mean that—that's it. That's in the processing room, man. But I won't—I won't tell you. You know, I won't tell you the stories about eating dinner with dirty hands and skin room. You know, oh. hey, you got to do what you got to do sometimes. Oh man, that sounds yeah, that sounds dirty. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, just wipe it off. So, it down, you know? so after you pull it out of the freezer and it's thawed, uh, skin it. Same thing. Then that then in that process, the normal it's process. It's the same thing. Or that part. Yep. Starts. There's a couple of tricks to pulling the tails on your uh, longer tail varmints, like your coons and your coyotes. Yeah, there's what, a, what's your a trick? What's your your tried and true? So once you get back to that point, you can use your sharpening steel as one, or a and a long strength screwdriver. Just get your or two screwdrivers, whichever. Put your one on top. You put one this way. You put one this way. Here's your tail in the middle. Okay. Then grab it like that. 
grab both screwdrivers, both ends, uh-huh. and you pull it straight down or pull it to you. And okay. Pull, that hole, and just, yep, pulls it all the way up. Mm. Guaranteed. And then same thing, salt. Same thing. Uh, Don't change nothing. Okay. Yep. Everything's salt, the same. clean. Now, if you're wanting to save the mask and the full face of that animal. Right, so like, like if you have like a, like a rabbit or something. Rabbit, coon, fox, you know, whatever. Um, oh, oh uh, would you freeze a rabbit? Oh yeah, okay. yeah. I did a like, dude. I did a massive rabbit the other day for a guy. Okay, and that I mean, that would be that would fall under the 100%. make sure you freeze it, get rid of all the the mites, bugs and mites, mites, stuff. fleas, okay. yep. parasites, whatever. Yeah. Okay. 100%. So if you wanted to preserve the face, so then you've got to start messing with all your lips and your nose membrane, reversing your eyelids. That's got to be tough. Completely different. Yeah. Man. So once you get that, once you once those guys that are listening, once you once you get to this point, you know what I'm talking about. Reverse the face and then. I mean, you're pretty much looking at the inside out of the face of the animal. Um, just <laughs> even like a hair mask, like the you know, the when you even when you go to the fly shop again, it, it, there's still some. Oh weird yeah, about they it. don't it, they it, don't look normal. No, they're all freaking it, it, squinched up. Exactly. It, it, it freaks up. people out. It does. And like when I was working at the fly shop, when I was working at Orvis, like people come in and see like a hair's mask and be like. Why do y'all have a rabbit face on the wall? They, like, none of, they don't know about fly fishing or fly tying. Oh, yeah, I got no. a fox, a uh, rabbit. People get mad. Uh, I've had people get mad. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, people yeah. get mad. Why do you have a rabbit face? Like, just so you know, oh. this, this is material that's not getting wasted. would ever otherwise be thrown away. Dude, if yeah. people only knew. Yeah. Right. Yeah, really. The stuff that they Dude, purchase into that's every That's a whole day. different yeah. podcast. Yeah, yeah really. It could be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it could be. But, I mean... Uh, when, you're, when you get to that point and you're looking at the inside of the face, I mean, honestly, stick your fingers through the eyes and put that eyelid on your finger, and you can feel that ridge. Uh-huh. You just take your knife and start peeling back that ridge so you don't have a ridge. It's okay. that easy. Yeah. And just take all your big chunks of meat off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> split your lips. Take all your meat off. Push your nose out. Push the membrane of your nose. Skin all that out. Just push the nose out. You got it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you'll. It's funny, but it's I mean, one. It's one of those things. Like if, you you, if you're doing it, it you get it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hundred yeah, percent. Just, just bloop. Yep. <laughs> bloop. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I mean, you know, um, same thing. Take all the meat off. Um, throw some salt on it. A couple of days. You're good to go. Yeah. 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 Just make sure you got a cool wife. Or a shed. <laughs> yeah. So how do you yeah. find time to do all this if you're guiding Dude. 250 days a year? Yeah, yeah, really. Well, it's been three years since you've seen me. Yeah. Uh, man, um, I just keep everything up in my up in my room. I've got my pegboard screwed to the wall. Um, I've got a buddy that'll text me. He's like, "Yo, man, coming to your house to get some get some get some hair." I'm like, "All right, if nobody's home, just walk in, and get what you want." He PayPal's my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up, dude. I've never seen any. I've never seen a dollar of Clay's money from that PayPal account. Yeah, but yeah, dude. I'm not asking my wife for that money back. Are you crazy? Yeah. I'm not stupid. <laughs> oh, hey guys, if y'all are if y'all are losing, by the way, on on and your wife's not letting you go fishing, uh, you need to have her have the biggest fish on the wall. Oh, okay. You need to listen to me on this because I'm, ah, I'm, I'm, I'm a full-time fishing guide and I'm a full-time traveling fishing guide at that. So uh, you've got to make sure mama's got the biggest fish on the wall, Yeah. period. Like, I'm not talking about like a couple inches. Like, I'm talking about like a foot. Yeah. Name on her fly rod. Custom name made fly rod. Oh, obviously. I didn't do that. Oh, but, put but, the name on. Put the name on the fly rod, bro. No, I, I did not do that. I did get like some special, like, hey, this is your nice fly rod for your birthday. And oh, well, like, this, see, this is great. This one's the topper. 
So I looked up. I'm going to give a shout-out to Brady's Handmade Networks. Dude, phenomenal woodworking guy. Um, amazing nets. Uh, $330 custom wood net. Exactly yeah. how I wanted it done. And so Mama's got the full custom net, full custom rod, custom hair all through the house, custom flies, she, whatever she wants. And now I'm across the aisle for Miss Mayfly. So, yeah, it's just not working out for me. This, I don't think I'm going to make money this weekend. I think I'm going to spend more. <laughs> Art, waiters, hats. Yeah, man. I yeah. did see those Miss, May, Miss Mayfly waiters. They're nice. Yeah, I know. They're I'm really like, good, it's man. A, it's a good idea. And la- like, if we have any ladies listening, if, if you have a problem thinking that you don't have waiters to fit you, look up Miss Mayfly. Yeah. They are specifically designed for women. Even their their pants, too. I was like, Oh, that's oh, what like, she had my wife in yesterday. I'm like, the pants. I know. I'm like, like, if Kendall dude. was here, I'd be like, I bet she'd really like these. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they fit good. She looked good in them. Yeah. I mean, yeah, man. They're really, really good. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. But, yeah. Uh, man, we could talk about this all day. Um, with the hair stuff, though, I mean, if anybody has any questions, man, look up the Fly Hair Co., Jeff Preddy on Facebook. It's P-R-E-D-D-Y. Yeah. Um, and one thing we're going to do, too, I think it's a good time to make this announcement. Absolutely. We're going to start selling his materials on our website. Yep. Yeah. So if you guys want to order some of these unique materials, we'll have them for sale on our website, especially yep. by the time this comes out. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, per when for we're sure. recording. Absolutely. So we're working out something to, to so you guys can come here and come to our website and order them online. Buy it all online. Yeah, support sure. us and support Jeff. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, man. Kill two birds support with one stone. Support the cause, man. Right. Yeah. We're all in this together. That's right. right. So, and I actually mentioned this to Landon <laughs> earlier. It's, so I've been like, you know, doing the show scene for like four years. He's about the same, you know. Yep. And so it's, it's cool to see the guys that y'all all came in together as. Because, uh-huh. dude, there's like a dozen of us, I'd say. I mean, I can name off the bat here. And all of us kind of came into the scene together. Like, been here the last, like, three or four years. Four or five years in, man. Like, we're all, you know, like, we're doing good. You know, we're coming up. We're making our own footprint in the sand, dude. It's freaking awesome to see, I wonder if we'll see, like, a line of, like, pre-COVID. Like, who was, like, fighting for before COVID and then post-COVID, you know? Dude, I think, honestly, and this is coming, and this is coming from my guide view, is, I mean, dude, I meet strange people almost every week. Uh Uh-huh. And so, <laughs> I don't hey, say, you're sitting down with us. Wanna, it's obviously yeah, true. I don't want to. I don't want to say it like that. But you know, I meet, I meet I meet different people every week. Yeah, yeah. I meet strangers every week. Let me put it that way. <laughs> and so, I mean, dude, most of them are freaking awesome, man. And we become friends on Facebook. I mean, coming to the show, wanting to start tying, wanting to get equipment, and it's so fun sharing your passion with others. And they notice your passion for it and just eat dude, it. Up, it just rolls ball, on yeah. and on yeah. and on. And honestly, man, if you're a fishing guide and you're disappointed at your tip that day, you didn't become a fishing guide to work for tips. Yeah. That's a fact. Appreciate the handshake. Hey, I don't get tips all the time. Hey, dude, catch 20 fish morning, 40 fish morning. Sometimes the handshakes they have to do, but you know what? He's going to come back and see you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he's going to bring his buddies back. Then the next trip he comes back after that, he's going to have another buddy with him. It all goes down, man. It all works out. It all works out. Don't get, don't get bummed out. Man, I got haters in this industry. I even know who they are. Used to call them my friends. You have haters? Uh-huh. Oh, we got a hater. Oh, we have a hater? Yeah, we've had Oh, I have haters. Oh, we got, a, we got a bad review on Apple. Our one bad review. Yeah. Oh, just one? Just one. Just one. So we have a hater. We have at least oh, one. At hey, least one. No, you know what one that means, one. though, right? No, really. <laughs> what does Take that, that mean? Take that to some pride. Yeah. yeah. 
Because you're doing it right. Yeah. Yeah. You're doing we didn't it right. We, we didn't cave to him. Well, you know, <laughs> when if, if somebody new comes in and doesn't – I'm not a good follower. So I don't tie the same flies as everybody else. If you give me a list of flies and tell me, you need to tie these flies – <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't dog ate that homework, you know? Mm-hmm. And I dude, I promise you, uh I'm probably the only the guide, only guide on the lower mountain fork that throws a hot pink and orange dragonfly and produces. <laughs> I just think outside the box, man. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you know you and We have, need people like that. Oh yeah. 100% man. This is this is not a straight railroad track. Yeah. This is this is a roller coaster ride. Yeah. And we've got back barrels, we got front rolls, we got you know we got everything, man. If if it's not a curveball. Yeah. I mean, this is a it's a happening industry. I mean, we're seeing it dude, we're going to we're going to be the guys getting replaced one day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so dude, while we're here, let's knock it out of the park. Yeah. Let's right. do it. Hey, so uh what's your mo- last question? What's your most memorable fish on the fly? You know, you're old, you're telling your great grandkids. 29 and a half inch, 20 pound, 20 pound king salmon on an eight weight, Kodiak, Alaska, Olds River. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What's the story behind that? Went up with some buddies. Um, my dad had an outfit in Kodiak for uh, nine, 10 years. So I always took a, a group up for like a week, two weeks. <coughs> we do some inshore stuff, river stuff, do some offshore stuff on, on Pops' boat. Um, I was with one of my best friends, man, Trey Pappas who got me into the scene a little bit. Um, we ski together, fish together, hike together, mountain bike together, and um, just a, you know, a waist deep in the Alaska River, you know. Just King Salmon comes up, yeah. eats your fly. He kicks your butt for a couple minutes in the water. <laughs> yeah. You know, you get to your shoreline, you know, you're excited. I mean, 29-inch King Salmon, 20 pounds, dude. I mean, on an eight-weight. Yeah. That's awesome. Got him in with ease. Oh, I mean, you know, two-minute fight, got him in pretty easily. All right, all right. Well, I had a 12-pound tippet on, and my dad told me, better change that out and put a 20 on. I'm like, ah, it'll be all right. I should have listened to my dad. <laughs> <laughs> so, landed that fish, no problem. Truly, the measurements were 29 and a half and 20. And uh, went right back, first cast in, same spot, and just get tanked. I'm getting, I get my butt handed to getting me. worked over by a fish dude, i'm the i'm the dude in the river running sasquatch style <laughs> to the shoreline and i'm dude i'm six five i'm six almost six five and 240 so i'm a big dude so i'm sasquatch running style through the river towards the shoreline quartering down this guy's hauling butt down the river i get to the shoreline i don't know make 10 steps down the shoreline well of course he spins and goes back up the river now so now i'm going back up the river and pops that 12 pound tippet mm-hmm. Who knows how big that fish could have yeah. been? I mean, I was in a pot of kings. I mean, only could God, have been forty only, pounds. Only God knew. I'd say that one, <clears throat> and then uh, I hooked up on a big bone down in Belize, Cap Mario. And uh, when the captain tells you that he wanted to see that fish, oh, dude, that's a hard fish to lose. Man. That's a little pressure, that's, dude. Yeah. That's like, man, you, why you shouldn't have told me that? Like, <laughs> why you have to tell just, me that? It changes everything. It does, man. It makes yeah. you try a little bit more. Um, but bone fishing in Belize, and then I'd say my uh, my king salmon on fly, my two for yeah. sure. But I mean, man, I've 
I get asked a lot by clients, you know, what what do you want to go catch the most? And man, if it's got a tail fin and a dorsal fish, fin, I'm yeah, game fish. straight up. I yep. mean, dude, a river trouble hits you like a three pound trout in the river. I mean, and that sucker's only seven inches. Yeah, you know, freaking pound and a half perch hits you like a four pound smallie. Yeah, you know, then he <laughs> yeah, really do a hook set and he fly by your freaking head at eighty miles an hour. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, seen it happen. It's great. Yeah. Uh, so, so Jeff, before we finish up, um, what you have any questions for us? Anything you want to know about us? <laughs> I love asking that question. I like this new question you're asking. Yeah. Well, one. I know. I mean, I know a little bit about you. Yeah. What's your background? So, oh, let's see. I <coughs> uh, grew up fishing. My dad, but like worms, bobbers, you know. Oh, that's typical, man. <coughs> Zepco three hundred three, baby. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, it was great. You know, fishing my grandpa, fishing my dad, and uh, let's see. Always wanted to try fly fishing. Uh, my dad is from Tennessee. I was born there. So oh, one, dude, you got yeah. Mecca. Oh, nice. man. So one nice. one summer, it's probably five years ago, six years ago now, we're out in the Smokies, and my brother and I are just like, hey, we, we're here. My dad's really into cars, so we were there for, like, a car show. Oh, dude. And we were like, hey, let's go, let's go fly fish tomorrow in the Smokies. So we found a, uh, a great guide service, Smoky Mountain Angler. And, uh, man, my dad always had, like, some land where, like, there's always, like, a creek running through it. Right. And so, like, I have these, like, memories of just running around in creeks, like, with rubber boots, just having a good time. Oh, not shoot, not yeah. just, like, fishing, but just, like, looking and exploring. Right, and being a kid, man. Right. And being in the Smokies, catching little, like, four-inch brookies. Native. You know, and that's yeah, why I got dude. that guy. Uh, native Appalachian brook trout in the Smokies, just, tro- you know, just, like, trampling cool. through. Little creeks. Only fly fishermen get that. You're right. And it just like it it uh man, it meant something That's so cool. much that to me. And that cool. that kinda started it all. That's right, man. But other than that, no, I'm a teacher. I did sales for a little while and now I'm in education and love it. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. Right on. Sweet. Sweet right on. Thanks for coming on, Jeff. Oh dude, thanks for the invite, man. Yeah. This is Absolutely. Great. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. And gonna, guys, do this go again. go to the website, honeyholeangling.com. Yeah, the link will be in the description of the show. And we'll have some of his fly tying materials on there. Yeah, absolutely. And man. if we don't have them, uh, uh, email Jeff directly. We'll put that in we'll the show that. notes. And yep. you guys email him, and he can pull together yeah, what you guys want. Because you don't man. have a website, right? No, man. Everything I do everything myself. I'm a full-time guide. I travel a ton when I'm fishing. I'm really never home, uh, unfortunately. Um but, you know, if you order something, I'll be, I promise you I'll get it out. It may take a few weeks, but I'm gone a lot. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I was just talking to my boss. Uh, high number for me last year was 250 days. Low number was 200 on the water. Mm. Oh, so, man. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm getting after it, bro. Yeah. yeah. I'm getting after it. So, I mean, he put me as his head guide for this season. And, dude, I'm <laughs> – we were yeah. 300 up. We were 300% up the first six months I got on with him. <laughs> Uh, we were my first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's a, that's a good number. That's a number to be proud of. My uh, our our first full year together last year, we were thirty thousand up. Yeah. Oh man, that's and awesome. Our, that's... And our and our two person trips were two sixty five. That's crazy. So we do it. We did a lot of trips. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And uh, that's, yeah, I mean, that's that's busted. I mean, we man. dude, we're eat up with it. I mean, uh, yeah. I don't know everything. I learn a lot. I just like to have a good time. It sounds like, man, it sounds like you're just, you're I'm loving it. eat up with yeah. it, dude. I freaking. If, if someone wants to dude, book a trip with you, I how do they do that? for a living. Beaver's yeah. Bend Fly Fishing Guide Service.com. You can also look us up on Facebook, Beaver's Bend Fly Fishing Guide Service. And that's our second closest trout fishery other than the Guad. 
for the people around, you know, our area, San Antonio, Austin? Yeah, for sure. Um, the only difference is that we have a restaining uh, trout population mm -hmm. up there. We get, I mean, dude, right now the water is 43. Yeah. I mean, it's it's chilly. You're wearing <laughs> yeah. your good socks, your your wool, and your, your fleece. Yeah, even good. in the summer it's pretty... Now during the summer, uh, you can have some days above seventy. But oh, you can if you're out in the early enough, you can still fish. One hundred percent. Yeah. Well, dude, we'll during the summer. I mean, I fish zone two a lot, which is the lower section. I like my bass and my perch mixed in with my trout, man. Yeah. You can go up. Never high know what you're pulling up. You don't, man. I mean, you've got so much stuff. I mean, dude, caught a walleye. Yeah. When I was drifting with we're, some guys. Really? Last year. Yeah, dude. I caught one. Chris caught one. Oh, nice. You know. And then I had uh, I had two. Of the, I had. Both big smallies at our outfit last year, same area down there within 300 yards of each other, uh -huh. uh, two three-pounders. I mean, both client fish. Yeah. And then, you know, I, you know, hey, you know, I don't have a client the next morning. All right, I'm going to go stick me, you know, nice smallie. Yeah, mm -hmm. 10 inches, 10 inches. That's great. 12 inch, back to the 10s. Oh, yeah, yeah dude. I can't catch one over a pound. Yeah. Killing me. <laughs> it's freaking killing me. But, hey, man, as long as I get, keep clients happy and keep return clients coming, Mm -hmm. Hey man, yeah. I'm doing my job. Yeah, you know. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, come come fish with us. Come buy some hair. Come spend some hair, and we'll get after it, man. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Absolutely, thank y'all. Thank you. Appreciate it. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>